um, by making them wear the same shirt without even knowing, right? So literally uh, all the guys yeah, are wearing yeah, the yeah. same shirt, right? The same outfit. The same outfit. But here's the difference between guys and women, right? And listen, don't, don't, don't come at me. I'm not trying to like shit on women or anything, all right? Listen, I love women. But what I'm trying to say is women, if they wear the same outfit as, some, if, as another female, nine times out of ten, they'll get hot. They'll get hot. Yeah, yeah. It's, Yo, it's a big issue. A yeah. big issue. Like, look at that bitch. She look fat. Oh, damn. See? Too far, Leo. Too oh, far. Sorry. I wasn't going to. What's wrong sorry. with you? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Come sorry. on, man. But that thinking it. <laughs> I'm just saying it. But when it comes to dudes, we're so immature, we pop each other. Yeah. We're like, oh, shit, we're wearing the same thing. We're part of yeah. the same band. Yeah. So literally almost every guy in that video besides one was popping each other. They were like, oh, shit. <laughs> we're, we're just that immature. and We're just like that. We're very simple. We're very simple. <laughs> we'll pop each other when we're wearing the same shit. If it's a female, they'll just get angry with each other. Like, who, th <laughs> who the hell does she think she is wearing that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. 100% spot Oh, my God. All right. So this is how the Luchis work. Let's get into the wrestling. This is how the Luchis work. Yeah. We're doing part one and part two. Part one starts today. Part two will drop tomorrow, both part podcast two. and video. So part one and then part two, we're going to break down the top ten of the following categories, okay? Male wrestler of the year, female wrestler of the year, match of the year, event of the year, breakout star of the year, tag team of the year, and my personal favorite and flavor. Congratulations. You played yourself. Of the year. You see that? You see how that works? The you Sippy see? Awards. The Sippy Awards. You see how that works? Okay. Before we get started, it's hashtag. I haven't done this live on air in a while, too. It's Rebel Time. Oh, yeah. Missed that. Oh, yeah. I haven't done this live on Facebook. Okay, we're all good. Sounds yeah. good. All right, let's get started. Give me, give me one of them, them gimmicks, Leo. You know, to, to present the award and shit. And now to present the award, Mario Martinez. Don't you usually play a song? Why do you get, you know, you play like a little, what? like a little song? I don't have songs. <laughs> you have songs on your side. No, no, no. You usually play like a little. It's like a little, you know, like bed song. That's oh, like, yeah, you remember, yeah, you remember? I know, I know exactly. See, see, song. how does Ryan oh, remember and you don't? My head. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Been a long year. Sorry, it's been a long year. <laughs> you usually play that one of those gimmicks. You play a song and then you say whatever, you know. <laughs> okay, hold on. Wow, Turn on. we're just... we were not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> we're not built for this. <laughs> Congratulations, you played yourself. It's okay, Leo. It's okay. And Leo to the bottom of your, the the list as an honorable mention. <laughs> honorable mention, Leo. We're not being prepared every year. <laughs> Oh man, There's a lot of things on my head. So. <laughs> oh, it's okay, it's okay. Me too, bro. Me too. Don't worry. No, but we're here. So, what are we gonna start with? We're gonna start with tag team of the year. Starting, Starting off with tag team of the year. <laughs> I swear to God, he sounds like sounds like the, the those um, gimmicks from Toy Story. You oh know? yeah, the, the um, what are the alien the alien Aliens. gimmicks? Yeah, oh, yeah. Drive car, car drive. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We could do it like this. I could go like this, like hello. No. Say, 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 um, pa 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 powerhouse. Pa 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 powerhouse. No, 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 no. Do it with the deep voice, the deep voice. Pa 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 powerhouse. Ah, I guess. Pa 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 pa. Never mind, Leo. Forget it. Leo, forget it. Forget it. We need to. Pa pa powerhouse. Leo, we need to get control. Calm down. 
Okay, sorry. All right. Tag- I haven't been here in a while. I forgot how this works. All right, tag team of the year. <laughs> We're going to start with number 10, all right? Number 10. Number 10. We're going to give it to two of my favorite guys in AEW right now. And it just so happened they made a great tag team, and they gave us some great tag team matches, specifically with FTR. And that's my guys from BCG, Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, and the Switchblade, King Switch, the catalyst of all pro wrestling. My guy, Jay White. I like it. Yeah, listen. I mean, who, whoever, I mean, I don't know. Listen, I, I know they, you know, they have history together and they're, all that stuff. They're best friends in real life. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. But like all the, you know, all those years in New Japan where they like were against each other and stuff. And who would have ever thought that they'd be such a good tag team uh, together? Yeah. Great chemistry together. Uh, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, they had one hell of a year, and, and I was rooting for them to win the tag titles Me too. multiple times Big throughout mistake. the summer. Yep, I and think it really, eight. yes, yep. I think it's a huge mistake that they didn't, um, you know, FTR ended up dropping them to Big Bill and Ricky Starks, which is fine. Like, they're fine, but I just felt like, you know, if they were going to drop them anyways, you know, when they did, why couldn't they have dropped them a couple months prior to, 1,000%. you know, Bullet Club Gold? I think they, I think you still think they're pretty hot, but um, I think that would have done wonders for them, and Unfortunately, they they didn't win the tag titles, and I hope you know they just keep tagging together. But yeah, man, they are they have great chemistry together, and they're they become really entertaining on television. Do you think that them being friends helps to that chemistry? Helps add to that like trusting the other person? Yeah, you know, I think you need to have some type of relationship or some type of um, connection with your partner, right? Mm-hmm. There's been it's been known in history in wrestling that not all tag teams have been the best of friends. But in this case, it kind of works to their benefit because they have that strong bond. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I mean, they, they came up, came up at the same time in New Japan together, right? Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they were both young lions. There's yeah, a, there's right. a so picture. Have... There's a picture, if I'm not mistaken, of AJ Styles after like a match, and who's holding AJ Styles yes. up? I believe it's Juice Robinson, David Finley, and Jay White. I think it's. I think I um, could be wrong. I think it was the AJ Styles Shinsuke Nakamura match from uh, yeah, Wrestle could, Kingdom, yeah. whatever that was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I remember that photo. Yeah, it's crazy. So they, yeah, they they they've come up together. So um, you know, I guess all those years and you know being best friends in real life that always plays a huge factor into you know how good it translates on television. One thousand percent. Okay, coming in at number nine. It's interesting because these next two tag teams that we're gonna that we're gonna cover right now in the both nine and eight spot they're definitely lower from previous years and not because they're not a great tag team it's just they haven't really made their mark like they have in past years so coming in at number nine we're gonna give it to my guys the lucha brothers still a great tag team arguably one of the best tag teams in the world but they just didn't really hit that that peak like they've done in previous years i think one year they were number one they've always usually made like the top five but now they're just you know they're just making it in the top ten yeah, I mean, you know, we're putting them putting them here because I think they deserve to at least be on the list. But I mean, yeah, they didn't really do too much as a team. I feel like for the most part of the year. I mean, maybe in the in the beginning of the year, but as of late, you know, yeah. we saw them go out on their own. I mean, you know, even when they're tagging, they're still doing things on their own. But this year, especially, I think they just done uh, a lot, you know, separately. And of course, you know, Ray Phoenix getting hurt yeah. all the time. So um, yeah, they've definitely gone down. But hey, still on the list nonetheless. All right, coming in at number eight, another tag team that's still. One of my favorite tag teams in the world, but they just didn't do much this year like they normally do. Yeah, they've been in trios matches, and yes, they have been in tag matches, but they just didn't really have that crazy of a tag team run that really mattered. And that's my guys, the Young Bucks. Even though I'm very intrigued on what they're going to do 
going into 2024, there's a lot of rumors going around that they're going to start a new heel stable. Being the elite is over with, at least for now. I'm very curious to see where the Young Bucks go in 2024. But they're making it a number eight. Yeah, listen, I mean, this, um, you know, I could be a little biased here. This is my my favorite tag team of all time. I don't think any other tag team's ever going to overtake that. I just, I'm always going to be a massive Young Bucks fan. But yeah, I mean, listen, like, there's no, it's no secret that they've fallen way down the card, not even just in, like, the tag division in AEW, but just in AEW as a whole, man. Like, they're just not featured as much as I think they should be. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, what is there for them to do at this point? I don't know. I mean, I really just feel like, They've already won the AEW Tag Titles a couple of times. They've won the AEW Trios Titles, and they just won the Ring of Honor Trios Titles recently. Um, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what they do now after full gear. We haven't seen them since they, you know, walked out and threw their little temper tantrum and stuff, and obviously it looks like they're going heel again. Mm-hmm. Um, which which heel bucks are the best bucks? Absolutely agreed, 100%. I just don't know, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, listen, at this point, I'm hoping they could team up with Adam Cole again and, and maybe join the kingdom and... And, and let, let them be the devils thing. the devils <laughs> yeah i mean hey i'd be down with that too but i just think they need to let kenny omega do his thing for a while separate him and the bucks and uh you know let the bucks do their thing with adam cole i'd like to see that um but yeah listen this is one of the best tag teams if not the best tag teams of all time so obviously they're going to be on here in some in some way i was actually thinking today especially some of the stuff that <clears> we <throat> saw earlier this week on i think it was dynamite between mjf and and hangman page i was thinking like not for nothing if the young bucks do go in this heel direction which that's what it seems like we're gonna get in 2024 the heel bucks i would not mind seeing hangman go heel with them i mean it's gonna it's still gonna be the elite right but like i don't think the young bucks because there was like a rumor i don't know if it was like Meltzer or or sean ross Sapp that reported this there was like a rumor that when the Young Bucks do go heel, they're going to start a new heel stable, but I don't think they need to come up with like a new gimmick name or something. I, th- I think they could still be the elite or a new version of the elite like we've seen in the past where they've been heel. Like, you remember back like in the late like pandemic going into like, hey, things are opening up. Remember like the super elite? It was the Good Brothers, Omega, yeah. the Bucks, uh, Adam Cole when he made his debut. So, like, I think we could just get another version of the elite and. I think Heyman could also benefit with a heel turn as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I mean, all those guys, besides Kenny Omega, let Kenny Omega just do his own thing. Um, I know he's doing the tag stuff with Jericho, but I want him to just do his own thing. Um, but all the rest of them should definitely go heel because they need something. I, again, they're not featured as much as they should be on the show. Um, really, they got nothing going for them right now. So, yeah, I would love to see a heel hangman. I feel like it's been, you know, some time now since we've seen that especially. So, um, yeah, totally down for that. All right, coming in number seven, another team. They're cool. I like them. One of one of them's from Jersey. The other guy's from New York. <clears throat> so I think uh, I respect them, and they're talented wrestlers. Their shtick has just kind of been a little bit whatever to me. But that I can't discredit and not acknowledge that how popular they are, and they are a really good tag team, especially the year they've had. And that's the acclaim. Mm-hmm. Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, uh, former tag champs. Current trios champions don't know where that. All right, <laughs> trios champs. Yeah, you, you. I was like, I almost corrected you. I'm like, what? Well, yeah, current trios champs. I don't know where they are on TV, but I, like I said, I can't discredit them. They've been a great tag team. I think if they would have still kept that momentum as a tag team in their tag team title run, they probably could have been much higher because they did make our breakout stars list last year. Yeah. So I think they could have been much higher if they would have consistent in that momentum. If they were consistent in that momentum, they were at. But 
they're coming in number seven, the acclaimed. Yeah, good tag team. Very entertaining, very fun. They work together perfectly. Um, yeah, listen, they deserve to be on this list. I mean, they definitely cooled off as of late. I, I can't believe they're still the trio's champs. I mean, that those titles, <laughs> I mean, it's just an embarrassment. I mean, I don't understand what we're doing here, you know? Um, but listen, they got Daddy Ass back. Uh, they had some fun matches throughout the year, so they definitely deserve to be on this list. And yeah, like you said, they could have probably been higher if they kept their momentum going, but Obviously, it's not their fault. You know, it's the creative. Um, you know, they're not on TV enough, oh, especially yeah. as of late. So, it happens. It happens, and it's AEW, and we'll get into <laughs> some of the shenanigans yeah. of AEW later. Okay. All right. Coming in at number six. I know some of you are gonna pop with this one. Number six. Uh, I as much as it, it pains me to put this tag team on this list, specifically because of one individual in this team, I can't. <laughs> Not acknowledge, all right, that they're a great tag team and they've had an incredible year. And we're going to go to New Japan and we're going to talk about Bishman, okay? We're going to talk about Hiroki Goto and <laughs> Yoshi fucking Hashi. Um, I think some of you already know that I think Yoshi Hashi is a god-awful wrestler, but somehow, some way, he actually is a pretty good tag team uh, partner with uh, Hiroki Goto, which I think is like the Dolph Ziggler of New Japan, but that's not Hero there. Okay. Um, <laughs> but listen, they just won World Tag League. Uh, they're going to unify their titles with um, with EOPs. And I always forget this dude's name, bro. Um, the younger brother of uh, fucking Tom. Hikuleo. Um With the New Japan Strong Tag Titles at Wrestle Kingdom. So Wrestle Kingdom's one is shaping up to be a good card. But uh, yeah, Bishimon is coming in at number fucking six. Wow. Yeah, y'all should be proud of me with not being bi biased, all right? I'm actually being a better, quote unquote, journalist than some of the fucking people that are in these press drums, all right? If it was up to you, he would have been not even oh, honorable I wouldn't mention. Even, I wouldn't even acknowledge. No, not even honorable mention. I wouldn't even acknowledge them. You should be happy. You should be happy and proud of me, okay? Number 10, congratulations. You played yourself for the year just being a tag team. Yeah, being a tag team. Exactly. But yeah, Bishimon's coming in at number six. Yeah, listen, I don't really follow New Japan as much as I did back in the day, but every time I see some quips or anything going on, um, you know, they're right at the forefront of the tag team division. You know, I know they're tag champs, and uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I guess they, they have good chemistry. They've been in the same stable for as long as I've been watching, you know, New Japan. So um seems like they've developed quite the chemistry, and uh, quite they're, they're quite the duo. I mean, listen... From what I know, the tag division in New Japan is not really that great anyway. So I guess they don't really have much to live up to. But well, nonetheless, well, let's be, to be let's be honest here. The ta the whole tag team wrestling scene this year hasn't been all that great all across the board. Like there are some good tag teams, but I just feel like compared to previous years, as much as we crap on like at the time with WWE not acknowledging their tag team division like that, and I mean to an extent they still don't to this day. But overall, I feel like. I feel like we've had better tag team wrestling years, and this mm -hmm. year wasn't one of them. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, listen, AEW had a promising tag division at one point. We all know how that worked out. WWE's tag division is just what it is. Um, you know, TNA Impact, I don't really know too much about their division. Um, I mean, yeah, really, all across the board in every promotion, you could probably say the tag team wrestling has gone, gone down a little bit. I mean, even though, you know, we had a main event to WrestleMania night yeah. one as a tag match, which was pretty great and historic. But uh, other than that, yeah, not really, not too many other uh, 
the big names in the tag division really standing out this year. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but we'll see what happens in 2024. All right, you mentioned... <laughs> You mentioned that you're not really too familiar with TNA Impact like that, but it's interesting enough that number five is a ta it's a tag team from TNA Impact, and that's my guys, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, ABC. You could, if someone was to make an argument to me and say like, "Hey, they should be a little bit more up," and they're like number one, I wouldn't even dis disagree with them because they have been killing it since they formed this tag team. And I know you're not really too familiar with Impact like that, but. Every match they have is they just knock it out of the park. They have such great chemistry, and you know there's it's two guys that are technically singles wrestlers, but they just form such a great bond, and they they they're one of the best tag teams out right now. They just got put together, by the way. No, they've been having a run for mm -hmm. like the last like year and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean, listen, these are my, two of my favorite guys from TNA Impact, man. I really think they need to build the comfort company around these two. One thousand percent. Such promising, um, you know, up and coming talents. I mean, really more than up and coming at this point. They've been, you know, around. But, uh, you know, I just feel like, yeah, I mean, no wonder why they work. They're two tremendous wrestlers. Um, you know, they're hungry. And, uh, you know, yeah, I don't really know too much about the, the rest of the tag division. But I have been seeing a couple of clips here and there. I know they didn't they work uh, like New Japan's like uh, World Ta Junior Tag League or yeah. something like that together as well. That, that's when they formed last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, I, I know a little bit, but not too much. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I think they're both tremendous talents. So, yeah. Okay. Coming in at number four. It's interesting. These final four are going to be very, very interesting. So, coming in at number four, they're not a tag team anymore. But they did have a great year. And they had one of the biggest moments in WrestleMania history. And that's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Both of them individually had a pretty great year, especially Sami Zayn. But as a tag team, they killed it. But just how they climaxed that the whole story of the bloodline with so many different layers to it at WrestleMania. And then I know due to injury, their tag team run as champions, not that it was that it wasn't great. It was just fair, maybe good at best. But they were a really great tag team. They're best friends in real life, so it makes perfect sense. And that's Kevin Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn coming in at number four. Yeah, man, we, I mean, everybody knows the history between these two, right? I mean, they're best friends in real life. I mean, all the things that they've gone through together over the years. And uh, to see them win the tag titles at WrestleMania was a truly incredible moment. Um, and it's got to be one of the best moments of both of those guys' careers 1, to do it together. 1,000%. Um, yeah, I mean, they, I agree 100%. Everything ha happened after WrestleMania was kind of a, a bummer, you know, in the way they lost the tag titles and everything. And they kind of just gone downhill after that. But everything leading up to the match with the Usos, man, the whole story, the whole build with the bloodline and everything, it was one of the best uh, put-together stories going into WrestleMania, and the match did not disappoint. Um, it was an incredible moment. And, yeah, I mean, listen, the, these two guys are just fantastic and have amazing chemistry together. So, so deserving to be on here uh, in the spot that they're in. All right, coming in at number three, number another, three. another tag team. They're not together anymore. But if they were, you can make the argument they could be number one, and that's the Usos. Uh, if anything, they're the definition of tag team wrestling, and it's so crazy in many ways that they're not together no more. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy has kind of become more of a unlike Jay, that's like a main player in Raw, right? Now, granted, he deserves all that. Jimmy has become more of a supporting cast member, and it's mm -hmm. so crazy because. Prior to any of this bloodline stuff, and me and Leo have talked about it so many mm -hmm. fucking times, even going back to like the show Total Divas, Jimmy always felt like the more vocal one of the two. Yeah, Jay the one, was the, the one. one. The 
yeah, Jay was the one that was always kind of behind Jimmy because Jimmy was more of like the talker, right? It's kind of like the Young Bucks. Even though the Young Bucks are more equals, but Matt was always the speed. Matt's always the one talking, right? Nick will throw a couple lines here and there, but Matt's more of the, the voice of the tag team. That's kind of right. how it felt with the Usos, except Jay was just like, oh, that's the other Uso. And I think they even portrayed that when they were feuding, when the bloodline was feuding, they were like, oh, you were always the other Uso. They, I think they talked about that. So as a team, it's kind of weird that they're not together no more, but that still doesn't discredit them still having an incredible year even after the breakup. You know what I'm saying? Like the stuff at Money in the Bank and then just the storytelling going into Mania and Jay being conflicted and then Jimmy still siding with him and then Jay was siding with him and then Jimmy ultimately turning on him. So they're coming in at number three. Yeah, I mean, listen, Usos, I mean, like I said with the Young Bucks before, I mean, they're going to go down as one of the greatest tag teams of all time. I mean, they've had a, a historic generational run here in WWE. And I think, you know, splitting them up here was the right decision. I mean, listen, they were the longest reigning tag champs. Obviously, they lost at WrestleMania. And it's like, what are they going to do now? Like, they're going to go back for the tag titles? I don't think anybody wants to see that immediately. And like Jay Uso, especially, like you said, has just become such a main event player in WWE, I mean, he had, a, he had a, such a great match with Seth Rollins on Raw last week. Um, he's just become just a massive, massive star. And unfortunately, in, in a tag team, there's always that one guy who doesn't always end up being that big star. And just just this, say it. It's the Marty Jannetty. Yeah, yeah, it's the Marty Jannetty, bro. Yeah, bro. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> just and call him Jimmy Marty Uso. <laughs> 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 it's the Marty Jannetty, yeah. bro. It happens. Okay. So. Coming in number two, all right, they were number one last year. But they're coming on number two this year, and that's FTR. Mm -hmm. Still had a really, really good year. But due to a lot of different things, right? I think CM Punk. Due to CM Punk not being there anymore. Yeah. Due to them just dropping the tag titles out of nowhere, where it's like, listen, no disrespect to Ricky Starks and, and Big Bill, yeah. right? Because they both deserve it. But at the same time, I don't think no one had that in their bingo card. I think a lot of people expected the Young Bucks, or Juice and Jay that we were talking about before to kind of, like, take the titles from FTR because FTR is in a position now where they don't need the titles, okay? They're, they're, they're like, it's kind of like Seth Rollins. If Seth Rollins was to drop the title tomorrow, Seth Rollins is still made. Now, granted, there's different layers now, especially with CM Punk and WWE, and now we kind of want to see stuff, but even that match doesn't need the title. You know what I'm saying? Right. So FTR is kind of at that level now where they don't need the title. So... That's why they couldn't be our number one. But still, number two, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, they're they're unbelievable. And they had a great year with the titles. And, uh, you know, they had so many great matches. And, yeah, the way that the run ended was kind of weird and kind of abrupt. And, uh, you know, yeah, the CM Punk stuff with him leaving and stuff, I think that, man, if he would have still stuck around, I feel like it would have – Giving them more to do, I guess. They could have been like, they could have been trios champions, man. Listen, oh, what, man. Uh, let me tell you. So I know people still feel a certain way about punk. I, for the most part, all the WWE like audience and fans are like happy that punk's there, blah 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 blah. Like, man, just looking at and it's still fresh, right? A lot of things could change. Okay. <laughs> Two months from now, this all could go to shit. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't. But man, just seeing what we're seeing now, even with like Seth Rollins and interviews and stuff, it's like fuck, man. There was so much shit, and we're gonna talk about this later. There was so much shit that AEW could have done, and we just couldn't get it done. 
Yeah. We can get it yeah. on. I mean, yeah, we, we can talk about we're, that. We're, for, and, we and we will. Know, and we will. So. We, we will. We will. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, like even the, the, the CMF FTR stuff, like there's no reason why they couldn't have been trios champions. I thought it fit so well. CMFTR, they had an amazing chemistry. You could tell they were really good buddies, all three of them. Um, yeah, listen, it's really, really unfortunate. And I'm sure FTR feels some sort of way about it. Not, I'm not saying that they don't like CM Punk, but I'm sure they're, like, very disappointed that, like, you know, there's so much potential. There was so much money to be printed with those uh. three together as a trio. And, and put aside, not even just because, like, oh, them versus Kenny Omega and the Bucks, like, even without that, like them as a trio, you know, I just feel like there was so much more potential there. So. 1,000%. And we'll never know. If, yeah. We'll, no, we'll yeah. never know. We'll never know. That's it. It's, it's a wrap. We'll just never know. Because I don't see it. I don't see it. Even if things go south with Punk, there's no way he's going back to AEW. No way. No way. Never. Never. All right. He now, might as well start his own promotion. I mean, might as well. He might as well. All right. So coming in at number one. 2023 Tag Team of the Year. Number one. Uh, here we go. Yeah. Play, motherfucker. And it's not playing. I haven't said anything. It's on. It's <laughs> Man, we are not prepared this year. <laughs> I haven't yo, touched anything. Yo, it's just not playing at all. It's like just frozen. It's nothing. What's frozen? The computer. All right, we're just going to play the theme. All right, let's try bum, this again. Ba, ba, bum. Ba, 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 here we go. Okay, so... Tag team of the year. Tag team of the year. There we go. Play. Yo, it's play. not play. Dale play, mother. <laughs> it's not play, Leo. Leo's not playing. I haven't done anything. Yo, it's not playing at all. Here, Nothing. Here, here. here, just to get you to uh, get you heated. Here. Tag team of it's the year. You know what it says? It says audio render error. Please restart computer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for episode two we'll have it. We'll have it now. Here, tag team of the year. Tag team of the year. The Judgment Day. Finn Balor and Damian (laughs) Priest. Listen, I don't know what's wrong with my computer. I'm gonna restart it right now. But that's our tag team of the year. I wish we would have played the theme song. But the whole thing. Okay, Leo, stop. (laughs) So, out of all the tag team we just named, this was to me the number one tag team that felt like a real tag team and were always on TV, made the tag team division matter. The second they won the tag titles. And I mean, you could say the same thing with the Usos too when they had when they were tag champions also. They were always displayed on TV. But when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were tag champions, it kind of felt a little bit of an afterthought. It felt more like background noise, if that makes sense. The second mm-hmm. the Judgment Day were tag champs, it felt like a big deal again. Kind of like when the Bloodline had the tag titles. So that's why... They felt like the main story, not like secondary. So I, I just feel like Damian Priest and Finn Balor, on top of them giving us incredible matches, mm-hmm. they just felt like they, they've been on a run, man. And also, this is going to, part of this tag team, what they're doing right now, it's going to also further tell whenever they drop the tag titles, the, the separation between Damian Priest and the Judgment Day, because you know that's coming. So. I just love the storytelling they've been doing with Judgment Day, specifically as them as a tag team. Yeah, I mean, listen, when they dropped the titles the first time to Cody and Jay, I was kind of disappointed, uh, but I'm glad they regained them. And listen, those two are great together. The whole Judgment Day has just become one of the best things going on WWE programming. I mean, they all work so well together. Uh-oh. And uh, 
yeah, listen, I'm curious to see where this goes and where, you know, the story with Damian Priest, you know, more so goes. It seems like he's been on his way out of the group for so long but now, but they keep teasing it, and then they, they pull back on it. And, uh, you know, I just I, – I think it's just been really, really compelling television. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the matches that they've had have been really good together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they look good with those tag titles. But for the love of God, can we just get – one set of tags. Oh, titles. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My God, I'm hoping in 2024 we can finally hit one, just one set of tag titles carrying around both the both of those red and blue belts. It just looks so stupid already at this point. Get one set of belts, please. But, uh, yeah, the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, tremendous tag team deserving to be number one on this list. What's so interesting about, like, just the titles in general, right, in WWE, the women's titles both on both shows, they got, like, a rebrand, right? Also, the the world titles, right? We got this brand new big gold belt for Raw, and then we got the new WWE Championship. You know, they, they got rid of both titles, and now we have one WWE Championship in, in SmackDown. So you would think they would do the same thing for for the tag okay. titles. What, what's the point? What's the point of them holding both titles? Because they're representing two brands? Like, listen, that they could still represent two brands with just one set of titles. Like, why why yeah. do we and also the title design is a piece of trash but okay that, like oh, I, I give me give me something thing, yeah. give me another design like i remember like the original tag championships like back from like the 80s going into the 90s into the early 2000s and then when the 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 first brand split happened they made like two new sets of tag titles too like let's put some like Let's design put, effort. Yeah, let's put some effort in these designs. Like, come on. Like, they used no. to do that. I don't know what happened. Well, it goes to show you how much they care about the tag team division. Well, I mean, that's part of the problem, too. You know? Yeah, totally. 100%. All right. As I'm fixing this. Okay. As you're restarting the computer. As I'm restarting the computer. Uh, we're going to go with. Let's see. Do, do, do. Oh, quick honorable mentions real quick. Uh, we we originally did have this tag team on the list, but then I made some last minute uh, decisions with Ryan. So we were gonna throw Aussie Open in there. They did mm -hmm. have a good like first quarter, maybe half of the year, right? Because at one point they had the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Titles, they had the New Japan Strong Tag Titles, and then later on in the year they ended up having the Ring of Honor Tag Titles. I think yeah. the reason why we decided to take Aussie Open off is because of injury. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Kyle Fletcher is doing his thing right now in AEW with um the the Don Callis family, but his partner Mark Davis he just had the injury bug, which is a shame, man, because they're a really really good tag team, and they did make a breakout star of the list last year. So if it wasn't because of the injury, I feel they could have probably easily made it in our top five. Yeah, I think they're going to have a better 2024. So I I would assume that next year when we do this, they're definitely going to be on this list in some capacity because. You know, the sky's the limit for them. They're great. They just got signed this year at the AEW officially. So I think they're going to be major players, and uh, I expect them to be up on this list next year. But, yeah, unfortunately, uh, just injury and, you know, I just feel like – and, hey, not not to describe them, but they didn't do anything, you know. Yeah, that was so. – okay, so my sounds are working again. Yeah. Um, And I don't know about the about the, the YouTube, but we'll figure that out. That in a bit, you know, when we go to our next category, we'll figure that out. All right. Um, can you hear me? Hello? One, two, yeah, three. Yeah, One, two, three. Oh, we're good. Yeah. We're good. We're good. All right. All right. Okay. So that was our tag teams list. Tag teams of the year. All right. Let's go into, let's see, where should we go from here? Um, 
Let's go to breakout star of the list, all right? Because normally, in previous years, this has been our most controversial list for whatever reason. Don't know why. Mm. I don't think this year is going to be that controversial. I think for the most part, people are going to be happy with this list, all right? Yeah. So coming in at number 10, we're going to give it to Chicago native. Shout out to Chicago. You know I love me some Chicago. Okay. CM Punk? No, 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 not oh. CM Punk. Not, the, not CM Punk, Leo. Breakout star of the year in the WWE. Not CM Punk, Leo, not CM Punk. Okay, we're going to give it to Sky Blue. I think even with her character development and change, you know, even though we still don't know if she's with Julia, she's not with Julia, I'm not really sure. But even prior to that, I think she has a lot of potential. And um, I like this new look. And I think next year she'll be higher up on this list. Or who's to say? Is she cons- continues this consistency, right? She might even, you know, be on another list. I'm not sure, but Sky Blue's coming in number 10. Yeah, she's uh, she's been killing it as of late. You know, I'd like to see her get more TV time. She's really improved in the ring a lot. Um, you know, I just think she needs an opportunity. And- yes. Yeah, she's definitely uh, broken out in a huge way. And listen, the women's division, we could talk about this at nauseum about how how bad it's been. But she's been one of the bright spots. And, you know, AEW's got a lot of, a couple of them, you know, a couple of those women there that are flying under the radar that I think deserve more TV time. And Sky Blue's one of them. So, yeah, I've been really impressed with her lately. And she's totally deserving to be to be coming in on this list here. All right. Give me a second, Ryan. Let me see if this plays. You hear that? You hear that? It takes a little jazzy tune right there. There you go. We're back, baby. We're back. Okay. There you go. So, Tag Team of the Year. (laughs) When you find the baby. (laughs) Damien Priest, Lynn Bauer. I just needed to play it. There you go. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Tag Team of the Year, baby. We want to play that real quick. You know, give them their proper... You know, award. You know what I'm saying? It is a badass song, too. I ain't gonna lie. I'm glad they got to keep this song. Yeah. Especially with the Ultra Bridge connection with Edge. I was like, damn, man. They might not try to keep it, but it is a really dope song. It's awesome. Yeah, I really love it. All right, so Tag Team of the Year. Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest. All right. Okay, going back to our breakout stars of the list. We're going to go with number nine. A guy that we almost took off because we were thinking about another uh, another two individuals that could have probably been in in this list, but I was like, you know what? Let's just keep the list as it is, and well, the the other the other two individuals will just make them an honorable mention. And that's my guy Ludwig Kaiser, dude. Mm-hmm. I like this guy a lot, man. I think he has all the potential to be a single star. Um, I like the way he carries himself. He's great in the ring. And there's just something about him that's so different. His cadence when he speaks, when he talks about Gunther, the, the ring general. <laughs> like, it's just the way he talks. Like, I, I just love his whole shtick, his whole gimmick. So he's coming in at number nine, but I think WWE has something um, something here with him. Just like a, a Grayson Waller. Um, he has a lot of potential, and I think he could be a big star in the WWE. Yeah, man. Uh, it, 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 like, seems like they're thinking about splitting up Imperium, which I'm not really a fan of. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. The little little teases here and there. I mean, this guy looks like he could be a big-time player, and I think he could be a big-time babyface. I think he's somebody that the crowd can get behind. Um, Yeah, I think he's tremendous. He's got the look. He's got the in-ring ability. Um, Yeah, man, I I expect him to break out even more in 2024, and uh, he needed to be on this list here. Um, You know, when we were going over this, we had thought about possibly moving him out of here, but yep. I think we both agreed that he deserves to be on here, man. So 1000%. Yeah. 
1,000%. Okay. Uh, coming in at number, number eight. She killed it last night at NXT, let me tell you. And she's been killing it all year round. You can you can even make the argument she might be she might deserve to be in the women's list, but she's coming in our breakout star list, and that's Tiffany Stratton. Mm -hmm. This girl, man, you talk about potential. She's so good now, and she hasn't even peaked yet. She still has a lot of room to grow. She had an incredible match with Becky Lynch, actually two incredible matches with Becky Lynch this year, and she had this spot last night where she was into. So they have this um, lone survivor survivor. The match. I forget what's the gimmick name. I don't watch NXT, okay? I was watching the show. Yeah. And it's like you get put into a penalty box when you get pinned. So somehow, there at one point, there was like three women in the penalty box and Tiffany Stratton ends up climbing on top and she hits like this swanton from the penalty box and dives into a bunch of people. Like, this girl just has it, man. And obviously, she's, she's good looking, but she has a great look about her. And I think she's awesome. So I think next year, if she continues in the momentum she is now, she might even make our women's list of the year next year. So uh, Tiffany Stratton coming in at number eight. Yeah, she's incredible. She really is just a massive star. You could just tell how big she's going to be in this women's division. And uh, in such a short amount of time, she has just really been so impressive. And every time I've seen her, I mean, the last time I watched her was what that match with Becky Lynch, the Extreme Rules match at the last NXT um, PLE. thought it was so good, man. And her swantons are so clean. Um, you know, her moonsaults, I mean, just everything. She hits everything perfectly. Um, and she just seems like one of those people that gets it, you know? Like, there's some people that come up into this industry and, like, immediately you could just, like, point at them and be like, okay, they have it. They get it. They understand the business and how this works. And I think she's just done a massive job in her heel role. Um, she just knows how to play it, play it up. So, um, listen, I think she's coming up to the main roster soon. I think she should. And uh, I expect her to be a big-time player in this women's division. Yeah, I agree. I agree 1,000%. Coming number seven, also a guy that was at the NXT show last night. Another guy that's had a lot of momentum, and he made a believer out of me because when he first showed up, I was not a fan. I didn't like his shtick, but then again, maybe because he wasn't really wrestling that much, and I guess his role was never to be like a second to someone. Now that he's like his own person and he's kind of like a main guy, man, this guy not only has a lot of momentum, but man, he has captivated the crowd where he gets some of the loudest pops in his brand. And that's Trick Williams. I wasn't a fan of this guy when he was with Carmelo Hayes. I got on here and I was like, I don't think Carmelo Hayes needs this guy. But like I said, mm -hmm. he was playing a second to Carmelo Hayes. Now that he's kind of his own person, uh, this guy has developed so much, and that whoop, that trick chant, Jesus Christ, bro, that that alone gets one of the loudest pops of for the NXT brand. So I wanted yeah. to acknowledge Trick Williams, and he's really good in the ring too, and he has and he's another guy that has room to grow. So Trick Williams coming in at number seven. Yeah, I was gonna say his gimmick is uh, it, it's it's entertaining. It's it gets the crowd going. They they're into it. It's uh, he's an entertaining personality, and yeah, I think he's good in the ring from what I've seen from him. Yeah, I didn't know how it would work either. You know, he was him and Carmelo Hayes for the longest time. But uh, even, like, introing Carmelo Hayes for his, like, big title matches and stuff, like, you can tell this dude, like, had something special to him, right? Like, he's really good on the microphone, and uh, he's got the look. And, yeah, I think, you know, a very underrated guy who I I don't really know if a, a lot of people saw this coming, you know? and how I didn't see it coming, yeah. bro. I wasn't a believer. Yeah. I was not a believer of Trick Williams. I was like, get him out of my TV. Carmelo Hayes doesn't need him. Yep. Yeah. And now they do that this whole gimmick, uh, the storyline where it's like who attacked him and stuff like that. And uh yep. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it, I think he didn't he win the the Survivor match last night. Yeah, he won the Survivor match, and now he's on the challenge. I'm um, dragging off at uh, what is that? New Year's Evil. I don't know. You, yeah, you, you watch. You watch the I show. Think, I, I, listen, I, I'm going into this blind too because I got to watch NXT brand. Listen, it, it, I, I did a post on it yesterday because there was like a lot of wrestling happening last night. You know, Impact had some stuff. GCW had some stuff later on that night. I had no motivation to watch any of this shit. I really didn't. But I threw on NXT. I threw. I threw on NXT, and I'll say, besides the last two matches, I was very entertained by the show. And especially now going into the next year, right, where they're gonna get this big CW deal. Well, they have the big CW deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out, man. Um, because I didn't hate the show last night. I really didn't. I just did, wasn't really a fan of the last two matches. But other than that, the show was pretty good. Um, shout outs to former Lucha Outsider show uh member Sammy Suplex. He was at on the show, he showed up on TV a couple times, and this guy was front row. Let me tell you. I'm like, Sam, oh, I'm like, Sam, it just shows a lot. The amount of money you spend for a for, for, for a row ticket for NXT because <laughs> I I wouldn't spend that much money for NXT. But hey, yeah. that's if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But shout out to Sam, he did have a great time at the show. Okay, coming in at number, let's see where we at number six. Another former NXT alumni, and we've been singing this guy's high praises. I feel like all year. He's been doing an incredible job with the position he's been gifted, um, not only in the ring but also these in-ring segments. All right, with well, some of the some of these legends, by the way. Okay, and yeah. that's my guy Grayson Waller. Big fan of Grayson Waller. I love him. I think he does a better job as Austin Theory than Austin Theory does. I will crap on Austin Theory to the end to the end of days. Get him. That's a guy you could get him out of my TV. All right, but Grayson Waller, yo, this guy has it. He has it. He could carry himself with the legends of legends of the world. And then also guys that are at par with him. And like another guy that he still has a lot of room to grow. And we haven't seen peak yet. So Grayson Wall is coming in at number six. Yeah, he's tremendous. I mean, even like the the videos that WWE posts on their social media. One thousand percent. Arena. One thousand percent. He could be in. He was in Chicago when they were in Chicago for Survivor Series. He's like shitting all over the weather and how terrible Chicago is. And, and this guy just plays the heel role beautifully. He gets. He's another one who just gets it. Um, and he's just got that personality. Um, and obviously WWE really trusts in this guy. You know, Triple H has a lot of trust in him to put him in the ring with, like you said, some of the top stars. He was in there with John Cena. He was yep. in there with Edge. He, I mean, everybody he's been in there with. It's it's just been crazy to see uh, in just a short amount of time how how much this guy has done. You know, I I'd like to see a little bit more of him in ring. I know he's doing that tag stuff with Austin Theory, but you know, there I, there's always a lot of uh, Grayson Waller effect. You know, talk show segments, but I'd like to see this guy in some bigger matches. And I think, you know, in due time, he will. But, um, yeah, man, this is, he's, like, one of my favorites to watch. He's he's so good. He's so good. He, he there. It's like with him, the the possible opponents and feuds that he could have in WWE, it's endless because he's that good. He carries himself that well. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with him in Austin Theory. It's, you know, based on some reports that, I, that I've been reading, it, it seems like their whole tag team thing is going to lead to something bigger going into Mania. I mean – for Grayson Waller, it's fine. If anything, Austin Theory is going to benefit out of this more than anyone because, I mean, I think without Grayson Waller, Austin Theory is just, like, forgettable. He's he's just a snoozer, okay? And yeah, it yeah. is what it is. They're not bad together as a team. Like, they, they work as, like, a heel team, both, like, you know, yeah. both pricks, yeah. you know, like, like it kind of works. And it seems like 
WWE is going to push that yeah. for a while. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. All right. Coming in at number five, a guy that I thought could have been much higher on the list. He could have even been number one. But just based on the storytelling that we've gotten throughout the year, especially like the towards the tail end of 2023, I think that's what hurt him a little bit. But that doesn't take away that he's had a lot of great moments this year. And he's picked up some big wins also, even against John Cena. And that's Solo Sokoa. I feel like the beginning of the year, he was like up there, man. He was so up there, even going to towards late last year. But I think due to the bloodline story kind of being at halt right now, I feel like it's hurt him a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be like a long time effect on him. I think eventually once we get like the climax of this uh, bloodline story or like maybe a couple more chapters in where people are invested once again, I think he'll, he'll be fine, you know? And also maybe this is happening by design. I'm not really sure. Maybe we're going to get this after, I don't know if Roman ever loses a title or not really sure, but I think it's a huge miss that we haven't gotten the fatal four way between all the bloodline members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, uh, it's a good point. Um, I'm a huge fan of this guy. I think he's, he's fantastic. Um, I do feel, you know, I saw a clip the other day and um, it was like when he was in NXT. He talked, he was, like, he was talking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he was talking. And he's actually pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. And um, you know, somebody was like, Oh, where's this solo? And like, it kind of got me thinking like, yeah, you know, like, I understand what they're trying to do with him. He's like the heater, right? So he just like stands there like this, you know. He, he's he's, like, so, he's Samoa Joe Jace. Yeah, pretty much. And like he's he fits perfectly in that role. But I like to see him come a little bit more into his own now, you know. Like you know, he's not Roman's not really there a lot anymore. And I don't know. I'd like to see him do a little bit more. Um, but I mean, listen, like you know, got a huge win over John Cena recently. Um, you know, in the beginning of the year, he was like still undefeated until Cody beat him, right? I think Cody was the first one to, to, to end that undefeated streak. Um, but I mean, obviously played a huge part in the main event of WrestleMania, which I don't want to, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to try to get that out of my memory. Um, but yeah, he, he's a massive star and I think he's going to be for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Coming in at number four, I think this girl had in many ways kind of shocked the world with just her character development and how well she's progressed in the last year. Okay. Um, she's young. So I feel like when people are young, we should never really doubt them because they have a lot of room to grow, but just based on how she debuted in AEW and kind of what she was given at first. And we even cracked up about it when we did like the, the meet and greet a couple years ago for Omega and Brian and some random Peckerhead was like, I've been waiting in line for X amount of hours for, for this individual. We were all like, what? <laughs> and that's Julia Hart. Julia Hart has improved so much within the last year on top of her character development with House of Black. But she just gets it now. Maybe because like she's really feeling herself and she's no, she's like actually doing work that matters. Because let's be honest. With the what was it the the varsity blonde shit that thing that gimmick was god awful and that's another thing too, the fact that AEW dropped the ball with Brian Pillman is just mind boggling to me because like we see the stuff that he's doing in NXT right and just the clips I watch and even the stuff last night I'm like man this guy just just comes out and looks like a fucking star, AEW had him and they didn't yeah. do that with him it just it's just like what the fuck like how do you how do you let Brian Pillman Jr. go. But whatever, that's a conversation for another day. But 
Julia Hart was just like a cheerleader, and now she's doing the House of Black stuff, and she's she's really good in the ring. Now she's TBS champion. She has a beautiful moonsault. She had to be in this list. And you know what? If you say like she could have been number one, I wouldn't disagree with you. She she could have been number one also. So she's coming in number three. Yeah, man. I mean, just won the TBS women's title. Like actually number four. Gonna... I'm sorry, number four, number four. Sorry, number four. Just gotten so much better in the ring lately. I mean, she just, uh, yeah, man, she's just coming to her own very quietly, you know? Like, she, the gimmick, too, I think really helps her with House of Black. She just plays uh, the part very well. She's got a banger of a theme song, man. That I love that theme that she has, that she comes out to. She just looks so badass in there. And, um, yeah, I think, like we talked about with Sky Blue, it's like, this is another one where it's like, AEW has some gems in that women's division, man. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, you know, Red Velvet's another one. Like, they got yes. some some women there that I think, you know, we need to see more of. And now, I, I we obviously, we are with Julia because she's the champion now. Um, but I'm looking forward to see what she does with this run. And um, I think it was the right decision to give her this belt. And, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But um, a really, really good up-and-coming talent that deserves to be in this spot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, coming number three. People are going to dislike this, but we don't care because we're just calling it how we see it. Coming number three, we're going to give it to the Maverick, Logan Paul. Another guy that didn't make our list last year because I, I he was an honorable mention. But the reason he didn't make our list last year is because, like, he just started getting, like, we started really seeing what Logan Paul could do, right? So he just couldn't break the breakout star of the, uh, of the list last year. But, going, but this year, 2023, you look at the Ricochet stuff at the Royal Rumble. Then... The match he had with Seth Rollins at Mania. Uh, the Ricochet match at SummerSlam. Now he's United States champion. You know, he had a match with Rey Mysterio. This guy's he gets it, man. He gets it. He loves wrestling. And I know a lot of people don't like the guy, okay? I understand why people don't like him, just because of his past history. But at the same time, I'm not going to not acknowledge that he's a really great wrestler, man. He He has no business to be this good. But he's really, really fucking good. And he said it in a promo after he won the United States Championship at Crown Jewel. He said, you know, I know a lot of people don't like me. I know a lot of people think I'm just getting handed shit and given shit. But nobody works as hard as I do. I do more shit in a day than people do in their whole entire year. And it's hard to disagree with that. So Logan Paul's coming in number three. Yeah, listen, I mean, <laughs> you could hate the guy. But, I mean, nobody could deny how amazing this dude is. I mean... God, I was not a fan of the Paul brothers for the longest time, but now I'm a massive fan of Logan Paul. He is, like you said, he gets it, man. And I don't even view him anymore as like an outsider. Like, no, I know no. he's not there all the time anymore, but you know, but he's there on the special occasions, but that's what makes him special. I view him as a full-fledged professional wrestler. Like he is like he's so good. I mean, like you said, all the things he did this year, starting at the Royal Rumble, that moment with Ricochet, which, you know, everybody, like, popped for. I mean, it was a okay spot, but, like, you know, obviously it made major headlines, so I understand why they did it. Yep. This match with Rollins at Mania, man, with KSI and the yes! Prime Bottle and all that fun stuff, and then, you know, the match with Ricochet at SummerSlam, which was really, really good. Yep. And then, of course, Cherry on the Top was winning the U.S. title against Rey Mysterio. Like, un like crazy. And even in that Rey Mysterio match, you know, um, when he saved Rey on that one spot where Rey almost, like, you know, Kill like broke his neck and he caught him like at the last minute. Like Logan Paul just gets it, man. He understands it, and um, I'm really, really excited to see what he continues to do to do with this U.S. title. And I think we can be on a collision course for one of the biggest U.S. title matches this company's ever seen with potentially him and L.A. Knight at WrestleMania. I think that could be unbelievable. Um, so excited to see where this goes. Every time Logan Paul is 
announced and like he's on my TV, I'm just ma- I'm just excited to see what this guy's gonna do. So uh, yeah, just a massive, massive star. I agree, one thousand percent. That's why he's number three. Coming in number two, we spoke about this individual in the last list for tag teams, but he's gonna make our list of breakout star. He's made our list and breakout star a couple years ago during the pandemic era, but now I feel like with the audience and just seeing like how connected he is with the crowd and just like with the entrance and uh, you know taglines and, and words that he can't say anymore due to some copyright infringement or whatever but that's hey, my he can now that my guy Jay Uso Jay Uso man he's had an incredible year man not only as a tag team but just his solo run you know he really got the audience behind him you know he was a very conflicted individual with the Sami Zayn stuff and the storytelling there man you know you look at like the the peaks of the bloodline story yeah roman's champion or whatever you know he's the tribal chief etc all these different like monikers but man jay uso and Sami Zayn at one point they were the heart and fucking soul of the bloodline story let me tell you man and some may argue because they're no they're no longer part of the story. That's why the story hasn't been that great. Yeah. So um, Jay Uso, dude, he I, I'm I'm very happy for all his success that he's been getting, and just how connected he is with the crowd, man. Just seeing when he does like the kind of like he stretches his arms and he goes up and down, and the whole crowd does it with him, man. It kind of reminds me in a different way. Kind of reminds me of Booker T and WCW when he used to do like the raise the roof. And he should do that. So there's like a that's like the first thing that reminds me of. But um, I'm happy for Jay Uso when it comes to the divorce of Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso. Clearly, Jay Uso kept his theme song. <laughs> Jimmy had to get some other piece of shit song. But um, Jay Uso's coming at number two. Yeah, man. We talked to him briefly before, but Jay Uso has become a massive star and he's so good. And I don't think anybody really saw this coming. And, you know, obviously it started when Jimmy got hurt and he was out for a while. And, you know, yep. they kept Jay Uso on television. But, you know, I, I he just. I mean, they don't call him main event Jey Uso for nothing, I guess. You no. know, I mean, he's just, uh, like I said before, he had a great match with Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw. Yes. I don't, you know, the World Heavyweight Championship. I thought that was so good. Yep. Um, he gets the crowd fired up with, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. he does the top rope mm-hmm. and the Yeet stuff and him and Cody are so good and entertaining and fun together. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, who would have thought that that Jey Uso and Cody Rose would have been a good tag team also? I mean, granted, it was just, it was like a quick, quick cup of coffee. Yeah. But still, they, they had really good chemistry. Yeah, no, it, it was it was so much fun. I wish the run could have gone a little bit longer, but uh, yeah, man, that press conference they did together where they were both like wasted. I thought that was hilarious too. Mm-hmm. Like Jey Uso has, uh, yeah, he's one of the top dogs, and I don't like I said a couple of years ago, if you would have told me that, I would have been like, what Jey Uso? Like the guy from the Usos? Like what? Like crazy man. But uh, yeah, so deserving. I think you know, I'm enjoying this this singles run, and I think obviously we're headed towards brother versus brother at WrestleMania, right? right? I would think. Um, but even after that, like I don't want to see them just get right back together, man, because I think, you know, I'm entertained by Jey Uso. I think he could I think he'd be world heavyweight champion one day, man. Like I don't know why. Yeah, you know, I can't listen, we, that's the beauty of having two belts now. We, like I don't know if I would see him as the WWE champion, but I mean I guess I could could. You know, we had Kofi Kingston and like, you know, Daniel Bryan, guys you never thought were gonna win the WWE title, Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal, so yeah. the champ. Um, so he could, but I'm just like, now with two world titles, this is, you could see guys like Jey Uso becoming the world champion, you know, it's not too far-fetched, so. Listen, we talk about, like, Jey Uso and just incredible moments he had, both storytelling and matches, you know, I think, let's go back to the Royal Rumble, he had that moment where Sammy finally turns on the bloodline, and Jey Uso was just so conflicted, and then months going into Mania, nobody knew what Jey Uso was gonna do, Okay. Got the incredible main event between Owens and Owen Zane against the Usos, 
where it kind of climaxed that chapter of the story. Then you have the Bloodline Civil War. Okay, you have the matches at Money in the Bank, which was an incredible tag match. Going into SummerSlam with Jey Uso versus Roman Reigns. We even were talking about like, yo, what if Jey Uso beats Roman and then Damian Priest does the cash-in or whatever? Like, Roman doesn't need the title anymore. This guy's not even on TV anymore. Come on, let's be honest. And then fast forward to War Games Survivor Series. You know, you look at the Super Friends, and that's Cody's team. They were like the Avengers of WWE, and Jey Uso and Sami Zayn were part of that. They were part of last year's War Games, right, with the bloodline. Now they're part of, like, this Avengers super team. Like, how nuts is that? How crazy of a year did Jey Uso have? It's Yeah, it's crazy when you really think about it, right? Like, and this is... This is it. Like, this is what you talk about with making stars, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's been in the company for how long now? And again, all he needed was an opportunity to go out there and, you know, and again, the opportunity came at a time when, you know, like it accidentally came, right? Like J- Jimmy got hurt. So it wasn't never supposed to be like this. Yes. You know, who knows if Jimmy never got hurt, like around pandemic time, you know, when, when he did, like, who knows if Jey Uso would have like shown up and shown out like this. Like, we just never know. But sometimes it takes something like that for something else to happen. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy when you think about the evolution of him. He's just become just crazy, a massive star. We're talking all these high praises about Jey Uso, and he's our only number two. He ain't even number one. Yeah. No, I know. I know. He could have easily been number <laughs> he one. He could have easily been number one. So coming in at number one, let's see if this works this time. There you go. There you go. We did it. Coming in at number one. Breakout star of the year, L.A. Knight, okay? Yeah. Oh, man, L.A. Knight. What can we say about fucking L.A. Knight? The guy is a bit of a throwback, if you will, all right? He's a bit of a throwback in a way where it's like he reminds you of The Rock. He reminds you about Stone Cold. Even... What he does in the ring, he doesn't wow you in the ring. He's just a very, he's like a hybrid of John Cena and The Miz, all right? He's not going to yeah. do uh, a swanton or a 450 or a corkscrew or have like a really dope maneuver. That's one thing about Alina. I think he should really change his finisher to something else, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, though, man, when this guy comes out, bro, yo, people lose their fucking minds. And he always had the gift of gab, if you think about it, going back to TNA Impact. Like, his gimmick never changed. TNA Impact, when he went to the NWA, when he showed up in NXT, he was always the same version of himself until, you know, he got called up and they made they made him, what was it, Dupree, Max Dupree, I think that was, yeah. it. I forget. He was like a manager or something. Yeah, manager yeah. or something, and it was just like, what the fuck? And even that, he was still trying to make the best out of that. But LA Knight just feels, this whole thing just feels so organic. And, you know, he, it might have not been Roman's best match, but, I think it was LA Knight, one of LA Knight's best matches he's had in his career at Crown Jewel with Roman Reigns. And he proved that he could hang with in a main event level. He proved that. And now he's tagging Randy Orton against the Bloodline and SmackDown. So LA Knight, man, the future is bright for this guy. And yeah, I know some people are talking about his age, but let's be honest, man. You see the people that are still out wrestling now that are older than LA Knight? Like, it's not a big deal. I, there's no doubt in my mind. Even with the potential of a Logan Paul LA Knight match for the United States Championship, there's no doubt in my mind that eventually he's going to win the world title. Yeah, listen, there's, I mean, there's a lot of guys that aren't spring chickens here, you know? I mean, in the company at this point. Like, we just talked about Jey Uso. I don't think he's all that young. Cody Rhodes, I don't think he's not all that young, you know? So, it, like, the age doesn't really matter 
Um, but I mean, listen, there's no denying whether you love or you hate this guy. There's no denying he gets a reaction and it's organic and he did it on his own. I mean, just from his catchphrase, it just caught fire. It's like the Daniel Bryan yes movement. It's like Kofi mania. It's like some of these things that just yep. take off that he just, I mean, they weren't planned. And that's the beauty of it. And I love when that stuff happens. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the biggest LA Knight fan, right? Like I haven't fully jumped on the bandwagon. Like you said before, he doesn't really do anything that wows you in the ring. And that to me is like a big part of like, if I really like somebody, like they have to be, you know, they have to do some stuff in the ring that like makes me enjoy watching them, you know, because he's a great talker, but once the bell rings, kind of just like, yeah, you know, he's a generic wrestler. And again, it's not, I'm not like trying to shit on that because, you know, his talking is what gets him by, you know, I mean, that that's the case with some of these guys, but listen, there's no denying that this guy deserves all the praise and, and the push that he's gotten. And I think, yeah, if he ends up becoming world champion at, at some point, like it's going to be well-deserved because this guy has been up and down the road. I mean, he's got quite the story, man. Like he was signed to WWE years ago and then he got, he had some issues with one of the coaches in NXT and then he got released and, uh, you know, just had a really, I don't want to say negative outlook, but, you know, went to TNA Impact and just, you know, kind of came into his own there and then came back and, you know, had an okay run in NXT, you know, they gave him this weird name, which I guess now works, but, like, at the time, we were like, LA Knight, what the, what, what kind of name is that, you know? It kind of um, works now. It's so nuts that it works now. I yeah. never hated the name, but I'm like, why couldn't you just call him Eli Drake, but... Yeah, yeah, I don't. I just didn't really understand the LA. Like, I don't even know what it stands for. Like LA. Well, LA I mean, Knight. it's kind of like CM Punk. What the CM Punk stands for is the same yeah, thing. Yeah, right. It's, it's true. Thing. It's true. Yeah. Um, but no, this guy deserves all everything he's gotten so far, and I think he's going to have an even better 2024 than he than he did in 2023. I think you know he, the match with Roman. I think you know that was a big big deal yeah. for him to get that and uh, and put him in that spot with a top guy Listen. like Roman. See if he sinks or swims. And uh, I think he swam, for sure. Listen, so. people love this guy. It doesn't matter. Men, women, kids, they love L.A. Knight. And it, it's interesting how L.A. Knight, you know, ends up going back to WWE, right? Because, like you say, he had, like, a failed, you know, NXT run before he went to TNA and Impact. Like, he, he did, even though he's, like, the... He's like the typical WWE wrestler, right? He has a WWE shtick. He wrestles like a WWE wrestler. But he really had to, like, make his name outside of WWE to, like, raise his stock up. So he kind of yeah. went through, like, what, like, AJ Styles had to do, what CM Punk had to do, what Brian Danielson had to do, what all these guys that really had to make a name for themselves in the indies to finally, like, you know, get that shot at WWE. And now he's finally getting that shot. You know, it's it's even though he's, like, the prototypical WWE wrestler, like, by design, just the way he looks, the... The way he talks, his promos, the way he wrestles, but he really had to go through all that shit to get that second look again from WWE. Yeah, sometimes people got to do that, you know. I mean, a lot of a lot of talents have done that, and uh, hey, all, all the respect in the world to him for doing that and coming back and then getting over in this type of way. Yeah, because again, I don't. Again, this was not planned. So, all right, dude, we're gonna go to our next category, which is my personal favorite, Ryan, and you already know where we're going, and oh, that's yeah. congratulations. You played yourself of the year. Congratulations. You played yourself. Okay, here we go. Coming in at number 10. We talked about this guy before briefly because I just need to get him out of my TV. I really don't care about him. But the reason why this is making number 10 is because everything John Cena said was right about this guy on live television. He said, if you beat me, you lose. If I beat you, 
you still lose. And that's exactly what happened. Because that yeah. WrestleMania match was a fucking disaster. And that's John Cena and Austin Theory. The whole program, I to me, was a disaster. Besides that John Cena promo, which everything he said was true. Austin Theory. And people are gonna say, people are gonna take this like I hate the guy. I think he has all the potential in the world. But for whatever reason, WWE has not gotten it right with this guy. And things could still change. Right, but now he's in a tag team with a guy that's doing a better job at playing him than he's actually doing. So I'm not I'm not writing Austin Theory off, but I do I really don't care about him. I really don't care of seeing him on my TV. But the reason why this is making congratulations you played yourself at number ten is because everything John Cena said was right. Everything he said was right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, listen, John Cena can see these things. You know, obviously he's been he's a veteran. He knows better than anybody and yeah i mean listen we talked about this you know when the time when it was wrestlemania time about how this is a big opportunity for austin theory coming out of this match didn't do anything for him you kind of forget that it even happened no. I mean, it really just did nothing for this guy he just uh yeah he's just kind of there you know i just mentioned we mentioned before he's in that tag team with grayson waller now it's uh i don't know i really don't know what they can do with this guy to get him back to I want to say get him back to where he was. I don't even think he ever was anywhere, you know? Like, it's just, uh... Man, I don't think he's been hot since he was in Evolve, <laughs> really. <laughs> you, know, ago, you know what's interesting, though? So we look at how the rest of the year progressed, right? Solo Sokol had a match with John Cena, and Solo went right through John Cena. It was a better match, too. Rewind back to Money in the Bank. John Cena has that spot with Grayson Waller. To me... That even though Grayson Grayson Waller was laying on his back, that did more for Grayson Waller than that Austin Theory John Cena match at Mania. Think about it. Austin Theory had a match at Mania with John Cena, and nobody gives a fuck about it. Nothing. And it was awful. It was a terrible match. Oh man, it just was not good. So that's why that's coming at number ten. So you get one of these. I don't know necessarily who gets it. John Cena yourself. doesn't get it. I don't know if it's Austin Theory or WWE or the booking, but that that's making our a number 10. Okay, that's making a number 10. Coming at number nine. <laughs> I'm sure Ryan's gonna have his thoughts on this one. Coming at number nine, we're gonna give it to Tom Tonga. <laughs> Congratulations. You played yourself. We're gonna go, we're gonna rewind back. We're gonna rewind back to the beginning of 2023. <laughs> He has his match against his one of his close friends in real life, Carl Anderson, okay, for the Never Openweight Championship. Right in the finish, you had one job, Tomatunga. You had one job. Just fucking nail that stun gun, okay? You don't know what a stun gun is? That's a diamond cutter, an RKO, whatever you want to fucking call it. My man completely botches the spot, and Carl Anderson still sells it like a champ. Granted, Tomatunga still wins the match, but man, that was just not a good look, man. On the biggest show of New Japan, right, of the year, you have one job. It's not a hard move. You just, you know what? It kind of looked like LA Knight's move. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yep. It kind of looked like that, but just not a good look, man. So I'm giving it to Tomatonga. All right. It's a light one. It's a light one, but Tomatonga gets a congratulations. He's coming to number, number, number nine. Ugh, remember those Carl Anderson matches in New Japan back in uh, the early year? Oh, my goodness. Oi, oi, oi. Oh. Carl Anderson, where the hell has that guy been, huh? I'm so glad they went back to WWE. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, listen, I love I love Tomatonga. I do too. I'm a Tomatonga guy. But that I was gotta, bad. Yeah, that was bad. And you know, again, the sell from Carl Anderson to make it look like he like sometimes you just gotta acknowledge the fact that this was a botch. You know, it's not. You have to. You have to 
it, yeah. it kind of uh, do something where it's like you kind of cover it up in some way. If, if I could describe in a sound effect how that, you know, that botched stun gun sounded, it sounds like one of these. LLJ Cool J. Uh. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. That's what it sounded like. Okay. Coming in number eight. This is the first time we're going to, this is not the only time we're going to talk about uh, this individual on this list, but we're going to specifically talk about this. And for number eight, and that's Tony Khan and his Twitter rants and temper tantrums. Specifically, if we go back to February for the Chamber of Elimination, when he decided to call Ariel Halani a fraud. Listen, man, I've been very vocal on this, okay? I also don't want people to think this is just a crap on AEW because I, we're AEW fans here, all right? We, we try sometimes to try to defend AEW, but when they're just not doing business the right way, we got to call it out. This is what we do. We're not, we're not biased podcasters here. Tony Khan's antics and Twitter rants and temper tantrums on social media needs to stop. Him as a president, a CEO, he shouldn't be acting this way. Then going after journalists and, and reporters because they're at a WWE pay-per-view in their home country, you're going to call them a fraud? Come on, Tony Khan. You got to do better than that, man. You don't see Triple H or Shawn Michaels or even Vince McMahon, which it's, it's a guy yeah. that everybody has a lot of fucking things to say about Vince, right? You don't see them ever going on Twitter having this Twitter rants. And I'm sorry, Tony. You shouldn't be acting this way. If Eric Bischoff had a Twitter back in the day, I'm sure he would be doing the same way. The only difference with, between Eric Bischoff and Tony Khan is that Eric Bischoff, for whatever reason, sounds believable when he used to do it in WWE. He didn't really sound too whiny. When mm -hmm. Tony does it, he sounds like a baby, man. Like He sounds like an entitled brat. Tony, I love you. Okay? I love you, and I think you've done a lot of good in this business. But you need to stop on Twitter. Hand your phone to someone, someone else. Or just have somebody else handle your Twitter and your social media. Stay away from Twitter, Tony. Please. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen to Ariel Hawani, man. Uh, fired right back, though. Calling him the snowman. You know, I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah, I like. I remember where I was. I was driving home from wherever I was at the time. I did not watch that night SmackDown. But I remember um, like going on Twitter and seeing this tweet. And I literally thought it was fake. Like a fake Tony Khan account. Only out area Hawani. I'm like, what? I'm like, it's just so like, it's a so childish for uh, a promoter like him who owns this massive company, who owns who was a part owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars NFL team and the Fulham soccer team in, in, in England. Like, for a guy to be worried about Ariel Hawani appearing on WWE TV, like, it kind of mm. seems a little like mind boggling. Yeah, like what? Like that's what you're worried about? Like I don't understand. Um, and I did see recently uh, on Hawani's show that he like wants to patch things up with Tony Khan. I think something with Fulham, he wants to watch like, so he wants to do a watch party. I guess maybe Ariel's team's playing against Fulham or something like that. He wants to bury the hatchet with Tony. And then he's, <laughs> he's like, I'll Tony appear, I'll appear on collision. If, 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 uh, you know, if Fulham wins or something like that. Well, listen, not for nothing, but it will kind of help collision take a sales. If Ariel <laughs> shows sure, up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, but, I don't even know if people would do it. But. Tony, Tony, man, Tony, I feel like Tony's the type of person that holds grudges, man. He ain't gonna, I know. I don't think he. I don't think he would. Uh, I don't think he'd go for that either. But I mean, Jesus, there's. You just think there's so many other things that Tony Khan should be worried about, and and you know all these stupid things. Oh man, man. No. so good, so good. <laughs> all right, coming to number seven. We're also going to going back to January in the beginning of the year. All right, I was there. I was actually at the Royal Rumble when this happened. Okay, so in the Women's Royal Rumble, all right, 
We had a returning individual, and WWE completely botched this whole thing, all right? Yeah. Now, granted, the individual, most of us don't give a shit about her, but it was such a botch cause, because it's, there was, like, no timer. The time clock didn't even, like, go off, and they hit the fucking music and and just spoiled the whole thing of, of, of the returning Nia Jax. Now, granted, nobody really cared, but how do you make a mistake like that? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. You played yourself. <laughs> Yeah, how does that happen? I have no idea. I would like to think the guy got fired the next day. And then he started working for AEW. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, right. AEW will take him. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't know how this happens. Um, thank goodness. Thank goodness. It wasn't like some like uh could you imagine if they did that like for CM Punk or something like that? Like like a big massive return like that. Like again, nobody really cared about Nia Jackson. Right. Absolutely zero. I don't think anybody in the arena actually No, no, no. Trust um, me, everybody was just like everybody was like, holy shit. But they were like, really Nia Jax? Like that was kind of like the tone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know how you can ever make this type of mistake. And and WWE doesn't normally like things don't normally go haywire like this but that's that's a big thing and it's not even like it was like oh number 10 number 15 number 20 it was like number 30 like you have to make sure you can't make that mistake so yeah that was that was a huge botch it was a huge botch and that's the reason why they made the list all right coming in on number six man going back to aw okay big show wrestling in 2023 congratulations you played yourself why why did we need Big Show Wrestling in 2023? He's not the Big Show anymore, man. Paul White, I don't give a shit who he is. <laughs> Paul White, Big Show, I don't care. The guy shouldn't be wrestling. The man can't even walk. And that's not like trying to like discredit like his career or anything like that. I'm sure it's not easy for him. But like, why do we have to rest, see him wrestle? Like, I remember that promo where before the Young Bucks interrupted with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. When Chris Jericho mentioned Paul White, yo, Kenny Omega looked so disappointed in his face like the rest of us did. Like, think about it like this. Who had this in their bingo card? Kota Bushi, Chris Jericho, and Kenny Omega. That seems like a dream team, right? For the most part, right? Regardless of what people think about Chris Jericho, he can still go in the ring. So that just seems like a dream team. You throw in Paul White. Like, why? Why did we need this? Who told, he, yeah. who told Tony Khan... That we need to see Paul White wrestle in 2023, only to like not do much in the match, and then Hobbs barely picking his big ass up to dump him off a car. I think that was the only reason why he was there is because of that spot. I don't want to ever see Paul White or Big Show on my TV again. He can still work for AEW. I don't know to do what commentary or whatever it is, but I never want to see this man wrestle again. I don't. Don't need to see him. Yeah, no, I know. And and listen, I mean, thank God it's not as much, you know, as maybe some people thought when he first came into the company. But I think Tony Khan knows better. I think this is just because of, you know, the powerhouse Hobbs spot. He wanted to make Hobbs look like a big deal, which I guess, you know, it was a badass looking spot. I guess, you know, made Hobbs look like a monster. I mean, did but it yeah, really? Just, Hobbs could barely pick him up. So did it really? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, but listen, Paul White, I maybe he does a lot of good backstage for the company. I hope he does. Good ambassador. But yeah, I mean, listen, hang it up. Come on. Don't need to see Paul White ever on my TV again. Okay. Coming at number five. This is unfortunate, but it's still funny. And that's why I had to make our list. <laughs> hey, you were Brian, you were there. <laughs> WrestleMania 39. They had this whole shtick with the Miz being the host of WrestleMania, right? Because oh, they were in Hollywood and stuff. And was it night one or night two? I forget. Night two, I want to say. Okay, so night two. They did this shtick. Yeah, it was night two because I think Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg was there too. So they did this shtick where Miz had to wrestle people, okay? And in night two, 
Shane McMahon comes out and he gets a b- great ovation. All right, I was I pop for Shane. I pop for Shane. My man goes in there. We have an impromptu match between Shane and the Miz. Shane, I think did like a couple of those like quick punches, and I don't know what happened. My my boy, it's <laughs> his quad. Hate to laugh, man. Hate to laugh. He tears his quad just like his father did like 15 years ago. He tears his fucking quad and he's just laying there like a fish. Snoop has to jump in and like. Out of all people, Snoop is jumping in. (laughs) Snoop jumps in, but that just goes to show you how much of an entertainer he is. Yo, he picks it up right there. He he does like this weird people's elbow. Because Snoop's a fan, right? Like he's just a wrestling fan, but. Yo, props to Snoop for saving the day, but man, this whole thing just gets a congratulations in my book. Congratulations, yeah, is, uh, you played yourself. I don't, I don't know. Like some people didn't think that this was like a shoot. Some people thought it was a work, but then it was like the more you watch and you see Shane legit getting carried out. Um, <laughs> just my goodness, I mean, that be one of the most embarrassing moments. Not even just in Mania history, but for Shane McMahon's career. I mean, this poor guy. Yo, man. he pulled the Vince, bro. He pulled the oh Vince. God. Vince did it in yeah. 05. Where he yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Where he was really, just running really. in there for the Royal Rumble. I think it was after, like, the Batista and Cena botch or something, where they both got eliminated. Vince runs to the ring, and he just gets in the ring and tears his quad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're like, they're like son. Oh my God! They coming in at number five. Man, that's a good laugh, man. Not for nothing. I kind of want to make them number one if it was number one. <laughs> it's such a good laugh, man. Listen, that's the thing with congratulations, right? We're gonna laugh at some of them, and then other ones we're just gonna like either tear them apart. Yeah. Okay, number four. This is the one we're gonna tear apart. Number four, we're gonna give it to Rick Steiner. Congratulations, you played yourself. This was an unfortunate one because at WrestleCon, WrestleMania weekend, this guy, right, decides to, I guess, chastise Giselle Shaw um, mm-hmm. due to, um, for those that don't, I mean, I don't have to go into it, but, you know, Giselle, if you know Giselle Shaw's history, you know Giselle Shaw's history. Well, anyways, Rick Steiner decided to, like, just kind of, like, harass her and just, like, verbally, you know, just say some awful things to her for no fucking reason. And mm-hmm. it's like, man, listen, I'm not here for cancel culture or nothing like that, right? But at the same time, we have to kind of progress in society. And if somebody's not bothering you or they're not in your realm or they're just... Listen, if you don't like someone, just don't have an interaction with them. You don't have to fucking chastise a a human being because they're they're part of your beliefs or you just don't believe what they're doing. Like, she wasn't bothering anyone. And it's just just a shame that that's still the world that we're living in. This kind of goes outside of wrestling. And then also, it's like that same weekend you have your son that's in a big spot, and now people are kind of like questioning your son about your actions. Why would you put your son in in that predicament? So this is just an all-all congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah, listen, this is awful, man. I, I hate seeing stuff like this, you know, especially like you said, she wasn't bothering anybody, you know? Like, I don't understand why anybody has a problem with anybody who's, you know, trans, LGBT, like – if you're then not bothering anybody, like why does it matter to you, right? Why does it bother you so much? Why right. why does it get you so heated, you know? Um it was just awful. I hated seeing this. And you know, like uh just probably makes Giselle Shaw feel like such shit. And yeah. you know, yeah. and I, I love everybody coming to her yes. to her aid. 1000%. Though, I think that was awesome. And then, you know, joke on WrestleCon too, man. Like I think yes. they did SummerSlam weekend and then they Congratulations. Again you played yourself. For that that weekend and everybody shit all over 
you know, the post when they announced him and then then they then they removed him and they were like, we're sorry, we didn't realize. How did you not realize? Like, like dude, I love WrestleCon, man, but like this was just a massive flop. I would never allow that guy back to WrestleCon ever again. It's, you know? it's, especially because he, was, he wasn't even apologetic about it either. No, no, no remorse whatsoever. And like you said, to put Braun Breaker in that spot too on one of the biggest weekends of that, that yep. kid's life, you know, like that's... I just don't understand how, man. I really don't get what, how you can do something like that. It, it's not good. And, you know, kind of going back to what you said, you know, she probably felt awful about it too. And I had one interaction with her over the summer at the New Japan Impact um, joint shows. And she's a lovely person. I think she's awesome. Um, She's very nice. But I just don't get why people got to just be so mean and, like, evil to people. I don't understand. If nobody's bothering you, why why – shout at them in public too at that saying all this shit around other people like why would you put someone right. in, in a position like that and you, you just never know what somebody's going through and i'm sure she's probably has been in similar situations and now sure, you're in a public place with your peers in a way right and you can't even you know now you're gonna go through that so it, it just it just sucks all around so uh yeah th that's why it's coming in at number four coming in at number three we're going to give it to fucking Nick Hausman. Congratulations. You played yourself. We're going to give it to Nick Hausman because he's by far the most toxic journalist in professional wrestling for his antics and press scrums, for project projecting a lot of fucking stories to his own benefit because he has biased takes. The guy is just a toxic individual. I don't know why he's still allowed in press scrums. I'm sure he's happy now because Punk is back in WWE because he, now he's allowed to talk about CM Punk and these press scrums, at least the WWE side of things. But I just don't get why individuals like him get allowed in these press scrums because they just bring the room and the morale down. Because I've heard it from people, okay? I've heard it from people. Nick, Nick Hausman is a joke to me. I once had respect for him when he was still working for Wrestling Inc., but it always seems like he just has an agenda when it comes to everything. He's had an agenda with Impact at one point. Then he started having an agenda with AEW. He has things. He Apparently, he has like an issue with Coca Cabana. He's blaming Coca Cabana for a lot of things, too. The guy is just... I just can't deal with Nick Hausman. I really can't. Um, and it's been kind of quiet for Nick Hausman, too, ever since like the tone with him is like, God, this guy's always going to talk about CM Punk. So a lot of people kind of staying away from Nick Hausman, rightfully so. I, I just don't fuck with him, and he's coming at number three. Yeah, he's a loser. You know, he's always turned there. to He has got an agenda. You know, he's always trying to get himself over, trying to grab a headline, trying to think he's asking, you know, uh, the, the most, uh, you know, informative questions. You know, he's always he's asking about the Endeavor deal to Roman Reigns, WrestleMania weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. Roman and Cody and just had a Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman calling him a troublemaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and you know, Roman just having some fun with him. Like he's a joke, man. He's a joke. And the fact that he still gets to be invited to these things and gets in there. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm sure we'll see him again at the rumble or the WrestleMania press conference again. I'm sure, especially with CM Punk, God forbid he wins the rumble or oh, forget it, bro. You know, he's going to be in there trying to stir up some shit. Uh, sure yeah. Hausman will try to bring up AEW or something like that. There's going to be a lot of stroking, let me tell you. you know? If Punk ends up winning the, the title or, or main event or whatever, Nick House is going to be doing a lot of stroking, let me tell you. Because the man oh, can't yeah. take Phil's dick out of his fucking mouth. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. this guy is just a toxic individual, man, and uh, just doesn't doesn't have a place for to be. He just doesn't have a place in the wrestling world, in, in our opinion. So. 1,000%. That's why he's coming in at number three and he gets one of these. 
Congratulations. You played yourself. Coming in number two. This is going to be an interesting one because we've got to break this down, okay? Number two, we're going to give it to the whole entire wrestling world. Congratulations. You played yourself. Except SRS. He's the only one that's not getting this, all right? The reason why we're giving, giving it to the whole wrestling world was back earlier this year, also, there was a rumor that WWE was going to sell to Saudi Arabia. And let me tell you, for the, the next 24 hours, yo, the world was in shambles. People couldn't believe it. Nobody wanted to be direct about it. There were so many rumors and speculation. Did they sell to the Saudis? Like, people were losing their fucking minds. And there was only one person that came out and said, this is what people are talking about, but it's not confirmed. And that was Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful. Yeah, he's the best. He's he's the the only one you need to listen to, really. I mean, you can follow everybody else. He's the only one you need on there. I remember this night. Like, this night was unbelievable. What month? January this was in? Yep. I remember just refreshing, and I remember, like, I even hopped on to see uh, Sean Ross Haps. Like, he was doing, like, a Fightful Live or something like that. It was, on, was, it was like, on the NXT night, which nobody talked about NXT, and they were talking about the rumor. Yeah, we, yeah. I was watching it with you. Now We were texting oh, each other. Yeah. We were texting yes, each yes, other. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, so I was kept refreshing my phone. I just wanted to see like if the news was actually gonna break and be official. Like, I mean, I was so down. I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. How can I support the company still? Like, it was a crazy, crazy night, a crazy twenty-four hour span. And then, uh, luckily, it didn't happen. And uh, yeah, congratulations to. I think one of the was it bo body slam. body slam? Oh, so uh, Cassidy Haynes. Oh, congratulations, like you played yourself. He's the one that that was. I was sure he had it, man. He thought he had the news, and uh, well, you he looked know, like a joke. So here's lost the all credibility in my eyes. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me tell you about Body Slam. All right, this gonna. I'm not gonna really. I'm not gonna reveal where I've gotten this information from because this is not that type of show, and I will not, you know, put someone on blast like that, right? Especially if they're like a close confidant. Okay, but this is what I will say. Ryan, I'll tell you privately though. <laughs> um, and Leo, I'll tell you privately mm -hmm. if you care to. So. The way Body Slam runs their business is not great, okay? Prior to the, – the thing is when Body Slam started getting clout is when they were the first ones to break the CM Punk Brian Danielson story when they were going to go to AEW. So they got a lot of credibility because of that. Prior to that, Body Slam in many ways was considered maybe not as toxic but kind of like a ringside news where a lot of their stories just were projected. They were fake news. Until that Brian Danielson CM Punk story broke out and then it ended up being real. That's when they started getting to some credibility, right? The Saudi stuff, man, let me tell you, that kind of put a damper on all of that. So the way Body Slam, you know, kind of handles their business, allegedly, it's not the greatest. And I stand by that. Clearly, yeah. I mean, listen, like I said, the only one, one you need to follow is Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp. I don't really pay attention to any of these other outlets, man, because, yeah. you know, PW Insiders, another one, like, I don't need to see any of this, like, and any of these other, um, you know, news sites or journalists. And they just kind of like, I feel like most of the time they're ripping off of like Sean Rossap's reports yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, no, hey, listen, this guy uh, was a massive tool that night. And I will never <laughs> take anything he says serious ever again. All right. Coming in number one. Let's, let's see if the drum roll works. All right. Coming in number one. We're going to give it to AEW as a fucking whole, okay? Why? Tell me when I'm telling lies. We're going to give it to AEW. We're going to give it to Tony Khan. We're going to give it to CM Punk. We're going to give it to the elite. We're going to give it to the booking. We're going to give it to it all. 
listen, we're AEW fans here, but we're going to be honest and we're not going to make excuses when they give us a bad product or when they don't do business the right way. It's mm-hmm. very eye-opening. And listen, things could change in two, three months, right? But when Seth Rollins is on interviews right now and he's talking about punk and real issues and there he's already put setting the groundwork of like work shoot, if you will, which ultimately I think we're all speculating is going to lead to a match at Mania. There's no reason why we couldn't have gotten this with the Elite and CM Punk and AEW, all right? The fact that we got sort of a, a, a soft brand split, the fact that CM Punk had control of Collision, the fact that Tony Khan couldn't sit there and tighten this all up when the shit happened to begin with after Brawl Out and sit everyone in the room. I'm the boss here. I don't care if you're VPs, Punk. I don't care if you have creative control and you're an employee to All Elite Wrestling, besides also being an uh, independent contractor. We're going to all sit together and we're going to figure things out because I cannot have a division in my roster. That The fact that Tony Khan didn't have the balls to do that and now CM Punk is back with the WWE... That's an ultimate miss, man. And this is not... Punk is not innocent in all this at all. I'm not going to sit here and say Punk is in at fault with some of his handlings, right? But there's no reason you as a boss, Tony Khan, you can have control of your own company. There's no reason why there's so many disputes backstage. And it's affecting... Everything that's happened from brawl out till now is affecting the current product. It's, 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 it's sad to say that, man. Like, I remember AEW... From the first year to the pandemic era to when things started like opening up again and AEW started running shows, man, like AEW was on such a high going into all out 2021. Like, man, that was such a high, man. It was such a high. I want to go back to that AEW, man. And right now we're not getting that. Granted, the MJF stuff is good. But, like, we're not getting that AEW anymore. You got a bloated roster for no fucking reason. You have a second promotion, Ring of Honor, that nobody gives a fuck about. Collision is not drawing. The attendance is terrible. You're still you're still booking venues that are holding over 10,000 seats, and you're only getting 3,000? Like, stop worrying about what's going on in Twitter, Tony, and take control of your product. Because, l- listen, next year when it goes into nego- negotiations for a new TV deal, I'm sorry. But I don't think Collision's gonna be lasting long. I don't. I think Collision could be history. Tony Khan needs to really figure out what he wants to do with AEW. I think Dynamite. Listen, AEW's not gonna go anywhere. I don't think AEW's gonna fall. I don't think AEW's gonna go out of business. That's not. That's not what's gonna happen. But Tony, you need to wake the fuck up. We love AEW. Hey. I'll say it on here. The reason why WWE is doing so good now is because of AEW. If it wasn't for AEW, I don't think the WWE product would be as good as it has been since WrestleMania 38 till now. Okay? If it wasn't for AEW, we wouldn't have gotten that. All right? If it wasn't for AEW, who knows what Cody Rhodes would have been doing. All right? The, The Cody Rhodes leaving WWE, going to Ring of Honor, doing the indies, doing all that shit. Like, he probably would have done that. But yeah, but not to that level. Though. Not to that level. Like, would he still stuck around in the Indies if there wasn't no AEW? Would he have made a bigger name himself in AEW and then go back to the WWE if there was no AEW? I'm not sure to say that. I think the if it wasn't for AEW, 
a lot of things wouldn't happen. Hey, I'm even willing to say if it wasn't for AEW, maybe this TNA return would even be happening. Maybe it'll still be Impact. I think the 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 this the run that Impact has been on, you know, for better or for worse. I know there's some people that still don't watch Impact, but like the 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 the, the rebuilding, the getting back to where Impact should be right now as a like a, a viable third option. Maybe that wouldn't happen for if AEW wouldn't be in existence. Like AEW has done some good, but this last year has been very telling. And the fact that Punk is now back in WWE, there's a lot of people at fault here. And there's no reason why we couldn't get everybody together and work things out. Because guess what? Now he's in WWE and it looks like we're going to get a real life story being told on television. Yeah, I mean, well said. Um, I don't even know how to follow up on that. That's uh, every all those thoughts are exactly how I'm think I'm feeling and, and thinking about AEW. I mean, yeah, the fact that CM Punk is back on on WWE television and the show that was originally created specifically for him, which was AEW Collision, was now on last night, going head to head against NXT, and CM Punk is on NXT and he's not on Collision. When just a few short months ago, this show was created for this guy. It's just wild. I mean, the the fact that he's back in WWE is um, listen. Obviously, there's a lot of people at fault here. CM Punk is one of them himself. But I think if everything was handled more correctly, and you know, we, like you said, Tony Khan had more of a stranglehold on things backstage. Wouldn't have got to certain points, you know, that these incidents did, and uh, he could have still been there. And again, just a major, major flop on AEW's part. I think firing Punk was the right call ultimately at the time. You know, Tony Khan had to do what he had to do. There was just too much going on you know um but tony should have never fault that he had to fire him yeah he should have never had to get to that point never um and listen like right now wwe is as hot as it's ever been like you said it's because of AEW's existence but there's a bunch of guys in AEW that i think are going to be hopping to wwe because of how hot it is right now i think you know there's guys in there like even the former wwe guys like the miros and the andrade's Andrade, yep. blacks and also guys like a ricky starks a wardlow like I think they're going to want to jump eventually, and, and I don't blame those guys because right now, AEW as a whole, yeah, I mean, I don't, obviously, it's not a sinking ship because it's not going anywhere. Like you said, the company is generating as much money as it's ever generated, you know, they're bringing in so much revenue, but the interest is down. You see the collision, you know, the pictures of the collision crowds. I haven't watched Collision in God knows how long. I don't think I will ever even watch Collision ever. I just have no interest in, in watching it. Dynamite, I watch Wednesday night, whatever, come up from work, nothing else to, to watch, so I watch it. It's been boring, I'm not going to lie, you know? Like, listen, Continental Classic matches have been solid, but every week it's like the same thing, you know? It's like, all right, here we go, it's Dynamite 8 o'clock, here's going to be a 20-minute match. Okay, fine, you know, whatever. Follow up with maybe a little promo, and then another 20-minute match, and then another one, and then another. I mean, like, I understand AEW is known for their wrestling. I do feel like they need to, they need to, few more like hot storylines to combat that wrestling you know the mjf devil stuff is great other than that what is a hot storyline going on at the moment i mean really there's nothing going on you know we don't even see the bucks you know ever since what happened at full gear with them we haven't have we seen chris jericho and kenny omega since they beat the bucks at full gear like they just don't follow up on anything uh, uh kenosuke takeshita he beat kenny omega this dude is not even in the Continental Classic. Like this, and it's a bloated like, roster. And you, it's a bloated roster, and you keep signing people. Yeah, like it's just like, and I understand, you know, Sammy Guevara just had a baby and everything. I know he's he was dealing with the concussion. We haven't seen anything to follow up with him joining the Don Callis family, right? That happened at full uh, Grand Slam. 
there's so many things going on that we just haven't gotten any continuation on. I know. And it's just it's a mess. Tony Khan needs help backstage booking these shows. Get rid of the Ring of Honor crap. The Ring of Honor stuff is so brutal. There's a lot wrong with the company right now. I know. So. I know a lot of people about a year ago, about a year and some change ago, a lot of people were saying like, oh, AEW's having WCW 99-2000 booking. And I disagreed with that. This year, though, I will agree. That's the type of booking we're getting. It's booking that makes no sense. The Continental Classic matches have been great, but that's it. Like, I was telling a friend of mine this past week on Dynamite, when it comes to, like, a match standpoint, I thought all the matches delivered, right? Um, but then everything else was just, like, whatever. And even, like, the Edge and Christian stuff at the end of Dynamite this week, the match was good until it came to the ending. Like, it was just terrible. The, 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 the whole... Um, Nick Wayne's mom interference. The thing was just god awful. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, oh my god, yeah. It, it's just that could be a congratulation. That could be a congratulations on its own. It's just um, we love AEW and we wanted to get back to how they once were. And now you have all these rumors, especially with QT Marshall, uh, um, you know, leaving now. He, I think he's leaving at the end yeah. of the year, and he played a big role backstage too. And part of the reasons he's leaving is because there's going to be a change in um, I guess like the the format of the product. I don't know what that means, but I don't know, man. Listen, when AEW first started, people need to remember that people were so excited by AEW because it was the alternative, right? It was everything that WWE wasn't giving them, right? Now, WWE is kind of, for the most part, giving, and listen, there's also critiques. I'm not going to say WWE is a perfect product, but WWE is white hot right now. And, all the WWE viewers and audience and, and the crowds there, they react to everything and they're happy with the WWE product. AEW, listen, numbers don't lie. And yes, we're going to go to World's End at the end of the year. And I'm sure that's going to be a fun show, but AEW is not where they, where they need to be. I don't know if they need to start running smaller venues, especially specifically for TV. I think the pay-per-views for the most part, they do fine. But when it comes to TV, I don't know if they need to run some smaller venues. But... They're not what they once were, you know, especially that 2020 from 2019 to 2021. Those were that was like the golden era of AEW, man. Even during the pandemic. Think about that. I remember yeah. during the pandemic, we used to talk about how even with how the world was to shit, AEW was still giving us a, a great week, weekly product with no audience. Oh, and it's you a damn shame. Run. It's a damn shame that you call it the golden era. Like it's over. Like it's not going to get back there. I mean... Listen, it was I'm, never going to stay there because obviously that's impossible to stay at that point. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it dipped like in like massively. Like it, it's just not it's not the same company at all. Like some like so much of the guys like and I knew like the early guys you know that were there from the beginning were not always going to survive. But I don't know, man. Like just like they're featuring stars that I just feel like they should not be featuring, and they should be featuring some more of their younger talent. You know, like. Uh, it's too much Jeff Jarrett's on TV, too much, you know, like just too much of that stuff, you know, like. Not only that, but, you know, when AEW first started, we thought it was a really, really cool idea, especially in those two, like, not press scrums, but like, you know, they want, they had one where they announced AEW and then they had the second one where they announced Double or Nothing, where they were like, oh, we're going to collaborate with other promotions. And at the time we were like, yo, that's such a great idea. But the fact is like, it's so oversaturated now where you're constantly bringing people from other promotions that it just loses its value. Like, I don't need to see every week another guy from AAA or now like CMML or a guy from like DDT or a guy from New Japan like often. Like, make that feel special. Do it like 
a couple times a year. Like I should be counting it in one hand how many times you do that a year. I shouldn't right. be doing I shouldn't be seeing that twice a month. Like right. they they it makes it feel less special, especially when you have a bloated fucking roster. And explain who these guys are. Yeah. And then they and on top of that, they bring a title from another promotion that we don't even know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I mean I, I know. It, it's yeah, it's so there's so many things wrong with it. It's everything we've been saying, not even just here, but we've been saying this for the past couple of months too, you know, like again, the roster is just way too big. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Hey, the company's doing fine, like, you know, financially, but I don't know, man, these shows, the booking, it's a, uh, it's a rough watch sometimes. It really is. And like, like you said, like you said, we're going to world's end. I'm excited for the show. It's going to be great. The pay-per-views always deliver. And, you know, I still think the wrestling is top-notch on AEW. Like, it's probably oh, the best wrestling in North America out of any U.S. promotion. But, um, I don't know. There's just a lot of things wrong with the company right now. And I hope they change in 2024. And, you know, am I hopeful that they will? I don't know. I haven't really seen signs that things are going to change. Because Tony Khan thinks he's doing a phenomenal job right now. Um, apparently, but, apparently morale has been low. This is what's being rumored and reported, right? Apparently, AEW's morale has been low, and there's a lot of unhappiness there. And listen, also, let me not ignore history. That happens in every company, okay? It's happened in TNA. It happened in, in Impact, right? When they transition to Impact, it's happened in WWE. Let's not also act like it doesn't happen, all right? And for the peckerheads that are wishing death on AEW and saying, like, oh, I hope they you know, go away. Like, why would you want that? You know how many men and women are going to lose their fucking jobs? Not only the talent, but people that work backstage. Like, you should never have that mindset just because you like WWE more than AEW. AEW has done a lot of good for the business. It's just right now, the last year, 2023, wasn't one of their best years, all right? Um, And hopefully they can figure it out next year. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. You know, they, they 2024 needs to be better than this second half of 2023 has been, for sure. All right, let's go into the final category of part one of the 2023 Lucci Awards. And we're going to go with Female Wrestler of the Year. Leo, you want to do like one of your little gimmicks since you're back? Female Wrestler of the Year. (laughs) All right, coming up. You asked for it. All right, Leo. Okay, calm down. Okay. All right. Coming in at number 10, we're going to go with Masha Slamovich. Uh, She's been killing it all over the independence, former GCW world champion. Uh, she's also an uh, impact knockout. She's also, she was listed as one of the best wrestlers, top 10 wrestlers of the world this year alone. Uh, she's young. She has a lot of potential still to grow, but she's been killing it not only in women's wrestling, but also wrestling men as well. So she's coming in at number 10. Yeah, I don't really know too much about her. Um, you know, I've seen little clips and little things here and there. You know, I know she was the GCW champion at one time. Yep. I think you said it was this year that yep. she was the champion. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely one of the up-and-coming stars of, of the female wrestling world. And, uh, you know, I just think, you know, is she actually signed? Is she signed to Impact? She signed, she signed to Impact, okay, yeah. She signed there. So, yeah, I mean, listen, you know. Not gonna do my uh my weekly shitting on TNA Impact, but I mean sometimes you just gotta you gotta leave you gotta leave that promotion in order to catch some more eyeballs. And she's young people. though. She's very young though. So she's young, yeah. She's very yeah, young. So I mean, I guess that's a good starting place for her. But if she ever goes on an AEW or a WWE, then I think you know people are gonna see what she's truly truly made. Well, well, that, well. That, here's the problem. You know, let's be honest here too. Like the AEW's women's division, while they have the talent. 
It's booked yeah. poorly. So even if she was to AEW, would she get a bigger check? 1,000%. But are we really going to see her on our TV? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> okay, there you go. All right, coming to number nine. Number nine. Speaking of AEW, we're going to talk about the Ring of Honor brand. All right, Ryan's favorite promotion. Oh, we're going to talk about the Ring of Honor women's champion, Athena. If there's any bright lights about Ring of Honor in this incarnation, that's Athena. Man, I love her. I've always been a big fan of Athena, Ember Moon. But her run as women's champion has been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we, up until a couple minutes before the show started, like, me um, took somebody out, and I, I said I'd like, I would like Athena to be on this list because, listen, for as much shit talk as I do about Ring of Honor and how awful it has been, the things I see on social media, any clip I see of Ring of Honor, it's always Athena and the work she's done with the women's world title there. And especially the storyline with Billy Starks, which, yes. again, I don't really know too much about, but I feel like I've seen so much of that on my timeline on every, like, Thursday night when Ring of Honor airs. And it looks like it's been really compelling television, and she has really just come into her own and really just made that belt and, I guess, feel kind of important, you know, I guess somewhat. Uh, she's doing tremendous work with it, and I would love to see her drop this belt. Mm-hmm. And go to AEW. AEW television, because I think she would boost that women's division up with the work that she's doing. I saw her cut a promo on Eddie Kingston recently, and it was just tremendous. So mm-hmm. I always thought Athena was great. I was really always a fan of her work, going back to Ember Moon and NXT and WWE. And But, uh, man, kudos to her, because, again, this can't be an easy spot to be in on Ring of Honor, where she knows that probably not a lot of people are even watching, but she's still putting so much work and effort into elevating this title and this division, or trying to at least. And um, I think she's done a phenomenal job. So absolutely deserved to be on this list. I don't think an honorable mention does her any justice. Yeah, I agree. I think what they need to do, and just to follow up on like the Ring of Honor stuff, if you want to keep Ring of Honor as like its own world where you test out young wrestlers or if a wrestler on your AEW roster ain't doing much and you want to book them for Ring of Honor for Honor Club. By the way, Final Battle is this week coming up. Nobody's talking about Final Battle, and it's not even on pay-per-view. It's on Honor Club, for those that are wondering, okay? So that tells you how much the Ring of Honor brand means so much to the fucking wrestling world, but that's not here or there. I think what you need to do is you want to keep Ring of Honor as, like, an actual developmental. That's fucking fine. But I think what you need to do is you need to, like, kind of condense some of these championships, like the trios titles. There's no reason why we should have two sets of trio titles. Combine that shit. Um, you have now, and uh, I don't know what they're going to do with the Continental Classic with these three titles. What I'm hopeful for is that you combine all three and we have one single title. That's what I'm praying that we're going to get. And then with the women's title, I don't know. You want to keep that title around? That's fine. But like, there's just so many multiple fucking titles. Like, do we really need like a pure championship? I think I'm cool with just having pure matches. If that's what you want to test your fucking technical skills. I don't think we need a pure champion. Um, TV champion, Ring of Honor doesn't even have TV, so why would we have a television championship? You know, there's just so many things that Ring of Honor is just not doing right. And But you know what? That's like the shadow of AEW, too, because there's a lot of things that AEW's not doing right either. So why should we fucking care, Ryan? Why should we fucking care? Okay. Let's go with number number eight. We're going to go with Asuka, former WWE World's Women's Champion or Women's Champion. I forget what the titles are in. You know, maybe Universal, Undisputed Women's Champion. I don't fucking know anymore. But anyways, Trios. Uh, Asuka's been having a great year. You know, she had a, a fantastic match with Bianca Belair. She's had a really, really good run this year, especially with her new gimmick, her new face paint and stuff like that. Now she's part of Damage Control, which it looks like Bailey's about to get kicked out sooner rather than later. I think Asuka's had a really a pretty cool year. A uh, couple, uh, couple spots down from previous years, but she definitely 
she's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. So she's coming in number eight. Yeah, she had a title match at WrestleMania this year. Um, you know, obviously then became the women's champ for like a cup of coffee run. Um, yeah, listen, Asuka's always been one of the consistently best performers um, in the women's division in WWE. I love her in damage control right now. I think it's just her working with Kyrie and Io is great um, as well. So, yeah, phenomenal talent. Always been a fan of her and, uh, yeah, deserving to be on here. All right, coming to number seven, I feel bad for this individual because I feel like she gets put in really, really tough spots, even though she knocks it out of the park the best she can. And she's a former three-time AEW Women's Champion, and that's Hikaru Shida. I feel like every time she gets gifted the championship or she gets like you, she wins the championship, it just it's always something. Like the first time it was during the pandemic, right? And then she ends up dropping the title to Britt Baker. The second mm-hmm. time she wins a title, it like happened out of nowhere. I think it happened like on a dynamite, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. then the third time now she wins it, but it felt like she was like a transitional champion. You know, she beat um Soraya Paige, right? She beats her, which I get why they put the title on on Soraya, you know, in the UK or whatever. But, you know, looking back at it now, it kind of felt like unnecessary. It felt like it should have never even happened just for the fucking pop. I don't think it's worth it. This title has become such a flip-flop championship. It's it's unfortunate, right? You know, fast forward to full gear. She defends the title against Tony Storm. And I know Tony Storm's like on a really hot run. But it kind of makes you feel bad for her, Karashita. But other than that, she's always a great performer. She always delivers in the ring. Yeah, man, she shows up. She shows out every single time, and and she works great with a lot of the female talent there in AEW. Um, she's she's one of those people that you can always count on. You know, you can throw her out there. You know, she's going to deliver. And um, you know, when you need somebody to hold the championship, it's kind of like when John Moxley, right? Like, you know, they needed somebody to hold the yeah. AEW World Title. It's a great like, comparison. Right, great I comparison. think they can rely on Hikaru Shida, and I think you know, obviously being the longest reigning women's champ, you know how she was during the pandemic era and everything. Um, you know, she's. She's like Oscar. She's one of the consistently best performers that they have there. So, um, yeah, I mean, definitely deserving to be on here. You do feel bad for her with the flip flop and the belts, but yep. I mean, nobody could take away that she's a multiple time AEW Women's World Champ, regardless of how long the runs have been. So, yeah, I agree one thousand percent. All right, coming number six. You want to talk about a complete one eighty from what we're used to from this individual. Her whole entire career, she's been a wrestler's wrestler. You know, she was a wrestler that could just go in the ring. It didn't matter if it happened in Japan, in the independents, in the UK scene, WWE. She was just always like that women's wrestler that wrestled, right? She had a little bit of character. She had a little bit of spunk, but like she was just known as just being one of the greatest greatest women's wrestlers in the world in, in the last couple of years, right? She goes to AEW. She came into with that same, I guess, shtick. But then little by little, the crowd started turning on her a little bit. Maybe because she wasn't original. I don't know. Maybe because some people felt like she was an outsider or a.k.a. an outcast. But eventually, she became a sports entertainer. Because that's what she's, that's her shtick now. She completely lost her mind, all right? Just like her husband. She, he's lost his mind too, but that's not here or there. Um, she's lost her mind. And she's kind of playing like this old school actress Marilyn Monroe like black and white gimmick and that's Tony Storm. She's still great in the ring. Don't get me wrong, even though I hated the 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 pan gimmick that happened in Full Gear when she won the title. I fucking hated that 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 fucking spot with the pan with the butt. I hated yeah, yeah, I yeah. I hated that. That was just unnecessary. Anyways, regardless, I couldn't I couldn't um not acknowledge her like acknowledge the year she's been having she's a multi-time women's champion this year alone i think she was like a two-time women's champion she's had a really really great run and tony storm is coming in number six 
Yeah, this is one of, I mean, this is, she's tremendous. She's killing this character, this role. It's entertaining. The segments are great. Um, listen, like, I think sometimes, you know, when you're, obviously we know she's a really good wrestler. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need more. She know? built her you career off that. Off. She built her yeah, career you, off that, just being a great wrestler. Yeah, right, exactly. Now, like, Matt Hardy reinvented himself a bunch of times. Like, Chris Jericho, like, you know, some of the all-time greats had to reinvent themselves because sometimes things get stale, you know? Um, timeless Tony Storm is a tremendous character. One thousand percent on television, and um, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see where it goes. And who would have ever thought? You know, this first couple of times you saw this on TV, you're like, "What the hell is this gimmick?" Right? I mean, that's normal for something to, you know, it has to resonate for a little bit with you. You know, obviously sometimes things don't always give you a great first impression, but over time they end up being the best thing for that individual. And I think in this case, it absolutely is the best thing for Tony Storm. The outcast shit was terrible. Ugh. Um, I'm glad she got out on her own. And, and like I said, this gimmick, I whoever pitched it deserves some sort of praise for that. But sh kudos to Tony. For I, I believe it. I believe it's a combination with Tony Storm and RJ City, if I'm not mistaken. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. She's knocking it out of the park. So is he. Yeah. So is he. And Mariah May now being involved yeah. in it. Even Luther, you know, like that guy Luther, uh, you know, playing his part yeah. well. I mean, I just think everything's been really, really fun. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes fun. wrestling needs to just be fun. Yeah, and, and it's, fun it's, a, it's a fun gimmick. It's over. Um, I love it. I love the whole shtick. Okay, coming in number five, down a couple spots. Um, she's taking a bit of time off in, throughout the year, but other than that, she still has an incredible year, and that's Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair is always going to be on one of these lists unless she's, like, injured or she takes, like, a, a long vacation or something, right? But... You know, Charlotte Flair is one of those individuals where, like, people get tired of her. Like, oh, she's the only reason she's getting their spot is because she's a Flair. Listen, we're going to, when she decides to hang it up, which I hopefully is not anytime soon, regardless of some other fucking jack off saying, like, they're on the tail end of, of their careers, even though not even, I completely disagree on that take. But anyway, that's not here or there. Charlotte Flair, listen, gave us a, an incredible match with Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. The, the stuff at War Games, she just had been having a really, really good run. So that's why she's coming in at number five. Yeah, I mean, she, like you said, she's always going to be on this list. You love her, you hate her. She's a great performer and uh, one of the best female talents in the entire world and always will be until the day she hangs it up. Even when she hangs it up, we're still going to be talking about how great of a run Charlotte Flair had. You know, yeah, again, she's been shoved down our throats for years. Mm -hmm. But you know what? She's great at what she does. She delivers. I mean, she... She's consistent, you know, and you can always count on her and rely on her. And and again, you love her, or you hate her. She's going to be on this list. Listen, so. she won the she won the title in an impromptu match with Ronda Rousey to start the year. She drops to Rhea Ripley. She hasn't held the title since then. So I mean, like, yeah, yeah, she's been out of the out of the major spotlight for quite some time. So you know, so like you know that that just goes to show her just because she's a flair doesn't mean she's going to be handed everything. You know, she's a very talented performer and. I'm telling you, when, when the day she decides to hang it up, we're all going to be like, fuck, man. We should have really appreciated Charlotte Flair. 100%. Coming, coming to number four, she's quietly been having a great year. You know, in the beginning of the year, we saw some of the stuff that she did with Lita. It, all, uh, it came to uh, like a six-woman tag at WrestleMania. Then it led to a few with Trish Stratus. And then she has a run in NXT. And she's had killer matches with um, Tiffany Stratton. Then she shows up at War Games out of nowhere. So Becky Lynch quietly has been having a really, really great year. Former NXT Women's Champion, former uh, WWE uh, Women's Tag Champ. So yeah, Becky Lynch is coming in at number four. Yeah, that NXT run alone, I think, deserves so much praise. I mean, you know, in the beginning of the year, she was doing the stuff with 
Lita and, uh, you know, Trish. um, and, Tr- and Trish and stuff. And it was like, you know, it was fine. But, uh, even that, even though the Trish, Trish match in the cage was incredible. That was good. That was good. That was the only good thing about that feud. The rest of the feud was just really, Yeah, it was really terrible. Bad. Yeah. I mean, not, not for Becky Lynch's fault, but, yeah. you know, it was just really bad stuff. That NXT run, though, really just, I mean, it was so good. The amount of title defenses that she has, the amount of, um, girls that she elevated there, you know, she just, uh, she played her part perfectly and she understood everything and her going there was really beneficial, not just for her, but for that women's division. I think she did wonders for it. And um, yeah, that match with Tiff Stratton was really, really good. That extreme rules match. And obviously Becky Lynch is kind of like Charlotte Flair in the way where it's like, she's going to always be the one of yep. the best female performers that we've seen and in WWE history and going to be a hall of famer easily. And when she's gone too, I mean, even though I think, you know, obviously she's more loved than Charlotte Flair is, but we're going to really, really miss her and really just, uh, you know, I don't want to take take it for granted what we have with Becky Lynch because top-notch performer through and through. And she's definitely not in the tail end of her career either, just to, just to throw that yeah. in there too. You know, yeah. since, uh, there's some individuals that think that. But anyways. Like in the first quarter. <laughs> Coming in at number three, this individual showed everything that we saw in NXT and then even before she showed up in NXT and how she's one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. And I feel like she, she really got put in that position this year alone. And she got to showcase that to the world, to the, to the audience that wasn't really so sure about her or wasn't really too familiar with, uh, with her work and just thought that she was more of a supporting cast member. Fast forward to backlash when they were in Puerto Rico, this woman had an incredible match with Bianca Belair to the point where people were booing Bianca Belair. Mm Mm-hmm. Fast forward later, she wins Money in the Bank, and then she cashes it in at SummerSlam, and that's EO Sky. Uh, I've always been a fan of EO Sky, going back to her NXT days. I always knew she had all the potential to be a star, and she really got to showcase that this year. Her title run has been okay at best, but I think her prior work, kind of getting to that position, winning Money in the Bank, and then winning the title, I felt like did a better job showcasing her as like the top women's uh, wrestlers in the world. Yeah, no, totally. I think she's always been that way. Obviously, we know that she has, but yeah, I agree. Like she, when she won Money in the Bank, it was a tremendous moment. I was so happy for her. And then that cashing at at SummerSlam was great. I mm-hmm. mean, really, it, it's it's been awesome. The run that she's had with the belt, and eh, you know, it's kind of gonna be forgettable when it's all said and done, right? But like, nothing can take away that moment of you know her winning Money in the Bank, which was awesome. The way she won it, you know, too, like tying up uh, Bailey you know, um, with the handcuffs and think to Becky and uh, jumping over them to, to get the briefcase. And then it was a great moment when she cashed in, uh, you know, on Bianca after she, she won the title. So yeah, I mean, listen, you can really say from backlash to SummerSlam was a great run for, for EO. And, uh, now she's kind of just like, I mean, you kind of forget that she's a champion sometimes and it kind of sucks. Um, but Hey, nonetheless, she is the champion. So, you know, we got to give her her flowers. All right. Coming in number two, this is a very interesting one. Because this injured individual, the last two years, was our female wrestler of the year. And this year, she's actually number two, and that's Bianca Belair. Still had a great year. Still had incredible matches this year. But I feel like the audience, just a little bit, has kind of got tired of Bianca. And in many ways, she's kind of like the modern version John Cena, where it's like she has such a draw power and she has such a connection to the crowd. Like, listen, people look at her, especially if you have young kids and, you know, with girls, they kind of look at her as like a role model. So I get why mm-hmm. she's getting put in these positions. But then there's another part of the audience that's it's the shit is kind of getting a little stale a little bit. So I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. 
I don't see a heel turn happening, but I feel like a heel turn could be beneficial for Bianca Belair. But she's coming in number two. Yeah, I think a heel turn is what's needed, man. She was so good in in that role in NXT, so um, that's what I would do with her because I think she's great. She's one of my favorites um, to watch in the ring. So just so good at everything that she does. Super entertaining. Um, can talk on the microphone. Really has the whole package. So yeah, I mean, really, she's deserving to be at number two here. Um, you know, just a phenomenal performer. I mean, really, I don't know what else I could say. She's that good. Okay. Come in number two. I mean, number two. Number one. Number one. With no surprise. I think if we went through this whole list and you haven't heard one name, you're probably going to hear this individual now. So come in at number one. This is my brutality! Come in number one. Mommy, the leader of the Judgment Day. Yes, I'm calling her the leader of the Judgment Day. The women's world champion, is that what it is? I forget the title, you know, whatever. One of the women's champions, Rhea Ripley. Shouldn't be a surprise, right? Listen, her her run has been incredible, okay? It's interesting enough that she came into, when she first got called up to the main roster, right? She came in with so much like, oh my gosh, she's going to just kill it, right? But that didn't happen. She kind of, it didn't connect. It didn't connect with the audience. I don't know if it's because of the way she was getting booked, but like it just wasn't happening. And granted, remember, also when she had her supposed to WrestleMania debut match, right? It happened during the pandemic. Then she goes back to NXT and then she gets called up, I think the following year, and she has the match with Asuka where she wins the title, but nobody cared because like there was just no connection there. She kind of had like a weird women's title run and then, she was like in a tag team with Nikki Cross, and then she kind of just all over the place and like just random tag teams. Liv Morgan, the Judgment Day things happens, and then Edge and the Judgment Day didn't really work out. And then the second the split happens with Judgment Day and Edge, Judgment Day really started like getting into their own. And then the tying with Dominic and Rhea, where you don't really know what kind of relationship they have, and she's still killing it in the ring. And then she wins the Royal Rumble and. I was there live. That ovation was nuts, even though she's a heel. Fast forward to WrestleMania, she has this incredible match with Charlotte Flair. Dude, like, I remember the following week when we were talking about WrestleMania, I was like, this was my favorite match of the whole weekend. I thought Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair was just fantastic. And I was so happy to see her get that moment, and she just has been on an incredible run. So there was no way that she was not going to be our Women's Wrestler of the Year. The only issue I have, and this has nothing to do with Rhea and her booking, it's just more of, unlike Seth Rollins, where every challenger feels like, yo, this might be the one. We haven't gotten that with Rhea Ripley. It just feels like Rhea's just going to run right through her opponents, and that's how it's been like in almost every match. So that's my only criticism, but Rhea Ripley is our female wrestler of the year. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, no surprise. I mean, it shouldn't come as a surprise for anybody here. I mean, she's the top performer in the industry in the female wrestling world. Like, she's just on a different level than everybody else. And like you said, she's running through everybody and there's nobody that I could see taking this belt off of her anytime soon. And nor should they. Uh, I, I think I said it once before on the show, but I wouldn't mind if she goes on a Roman run with this championship, you know? Um, they have not really had anybody credible for her to go up against. She is just, her presence alone, like her entrance, her presence, she's just a massive, massive star. Like she's just got the star power that like very few people have. 
Um, obviously, being the leader of the Judgment Day, her thing with Dom has been just so good. The mommy nickname has really helped her come into her own. It's just been an incredible year, like you said, from winning the Rumble to winning the title at WrestleMania in just what un- an unbelievable match with Charlotte. Um, it's just been really, really great to see. And even her going up against, like, you know, Cody Rhodes on the mic and even as recently as Randy Orton on the microphone, like, it makes you want to see her go up against some of those guys, you know? Like, it's, uh, again, her presence is so powerful. And like I said, not many people have the star power that she has. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what more I could say. She's incredible in every way. And, uh, again, I, like you said, she had she had to really climb from NXT. You thought it was going to be like a easy transition coming from NXT to the main roster. And just, she was going to be a star right off the bat, but sometimes it makes that journey even sweeter when you have to go through some trials and tribulations and yep. you, you not really push the way you, you should be pushed. And, you know, sometimes things just click. And I think ever since she joined the judgment day, it just clicked, man. It was a match made in heaven. 1000%. I couldn't agree more. And, that's our part one of the Lucci Awards. We still have part two that's going to be dropping tomorrow where we will cover match of the year, event of the year, and then male wrestler of the year. And that's it. Any any last words? Leo, you got anything to say before we wrap this part one of the 2023 Lucci Awards? No, I think you guys hit it on every level. I think the list uh, were very well thought out, and uh, kudos to you for putting it together. Ryan, any last words before we uh, we talk about part two in tomorrow? If you will, ah, I thought I thought <laughs> this was a great, a great first episode. Uh-huh. I thought um, our lists, yeah, we're we're very we're very well uh, put together. You know, kudos to you, Mario, and you know, obviously we worked together to flip flop a couple of things, but uh, yeah, man, I think they're they're really deserving. I can't wait for part two because it's going to be even better. And uh, yeah. I love how every time I send Ryan these lists, he's like, yo, I forgot I even happened this year. That's the reaction. Dude, it's been a long year. Like, you think you forget what these things happen in January, February, March. It feels like it was so long ago, you know? It's like, it's crazy. You know, even though the year goes by fast, like, you forget about what so many things that happened, you know? And and it's kind of crazy how long ago some of these things were when they feel like they were, you know, they kind of feel like they were yesterday, you know? But it was so long ago, and you're like, oh, yeah. That's why, like, Leo Leo knows this. I literally start the mm-hmm. list in the beginning of the year. I, like, everything's like a blank piece of paper and instantly. Oh, yeah. I just start. You would re- never be able to remember all of no. them. No, 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 that, no. You know? No. Yeah, yeah. I have, like, so many different, like, memos and notes and this January and that. January 1st. <laughs> but, yes. Also, this is part one. If you missed anything or everything on today's episode, the podcast will drop later today. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy. Apple Podcasts, Tuna, La Mesca app, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs and look out for part two because it will drop tomorrow i'm using quotations here (laughs) kayfabe all right it will drop tomorrow so for the old man leo for our double ryan radar i'm yours truly mr radar till next time keep radar and stay too sweet